Hello again, end users. This is another quote-unquote bonus episode. Uh, so on September 4th, I started a Twitter space called How to Explain iOS 15 to Your Mom. And we didn't talk about that at all, but that's fine. And uh, had a great experience because of two people, well, I'll include Sim at Upload Speed, who uh, from the Extra Tone Legacy Days. Um, two new friends at Arson at Denny's and at Allison Buki uh, came in and indulged me for like two hours <laughs> about social media software, um, and sort of what I've been doing and why I feel insane. So this may or may not be, uh, I thought it might be a good explanation, a better explanation of what's been going on with me. Uh, and also, you get to hear some new perspectives. Um, but yeah, uh, and also, it's just going to cut off. The recording's just going to cut off because Twitter Spaces is fucking broken. But yeah, um, build.world at upload speed. At Artisan at Denny's, at Allison Buki. And uh, I'm going to update the show notes with uh, any other relevant links. Keep it real. Warning. This is an emergency alert. A bozo level automation has been triggered. A bozo level has been triggered. A bozo level setup because twitter is broken is not as robust as i thought it was of course but whatever i hope we get lots of fans in here well i have to say i did not um uh this is not in the hot tub category this time bro on on twitch i know there are gonna be a lot of people that are disappointed about that are we on twitch yes but no don't worry uh i just basically was like so i would stream to youtube except literally nobody watches youtube streams now um, and I can just, uh, basically I can, I can just, you know, immediately send whatever I record on Twitch to YouTube anyway. Cool. Uh, okay, I'm gonna stop messing with this. There's just, uh, I love my life so much. <laughs> and I, and I, lo- I love it. That's, I'm not even saying that disparagingly. I just love how confused I am at all times. Oh my you God, you're, co- yeah, you're co-hosting. This is a historic moment. Hey gang. Um, co-hosting. Uh, oh no, I, I. I didn't make this intentional. I left Billie Eilish playing in the background because I'm young and very in touch. You're so hip. Oh, God, but I can't shut it off because it's playing off of an iPad Air 1. (laughs) Anyway, how are you? I'm good. I woke up. That's about it. Just for this? Yeah. Well, that's, you know, uh, I will be sharing any revenue. Today. Uh, oh yeah, I said I wasn't going to talk about. Um, I'm only going to talk about glimmers, as as uh, which is apparently the the New York new media term for just like stuff that's positive. I just finished the movie Coda on uh, Apple TV, and it literally singularly justifies the existence of that service. Um, that's okay. Instead of saying that, I should just say it was the most emotionally like I was more touched in the traditional 
you know, phraseology of, uh, of that term by that movie than I have been in a long time uh, by anything. Oh! What is that movie? Check it out. Uh, uh, am I a little loud now? Yeah, I don't like that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right, that's that's the one. Um, Hell. Yeah, that's uh, a random Twitter spaces that they basically have they talked about once. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's a movie about uh, a young woman who's in high school, like high school age, about to graduate college, who uh, both of her parents and her brother are all deaf, uh, but she's not. And so I guess that's an element um, that I'd never been exposed to before. But and it's just like and she really likes to sing um and they they fish for a living like they're not they're like working class people uh yeah I don't, actually the story honestly is is pretty generic it's not about the story it's just there were extended periods of time where there was no spoken dialogue and it was just ASL. Um, honestly, I wish there was more of that, but like, I don't know. It was a movie that did something actually slightly different from any of the other films uh, recently. I can't remember. Last oh my God. <laughs> Jesus, why? Why would they include the, like, it's like the specific transformations that they included are just like, <clears throat> oh, they're like, don't be disruptive. <laughs> Don't don't go into spaces and be disruptive. Uh, that's why we built this so that people could be less disruptive. Oh, by the way, you're, like here's your fucking here's the megaphone, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I saw a movie. You know, I um, th- I think maybe. Um, you know what? movies, right? You know, I don't like the. I've just, I just, I figured out a while ago that I just don't like them. Um, like, but uh, what's the last movie you saw? Like new movie or like rewatched? Just when's the last time your eyes set were like you, your set eyes upon a film? On a I uh, I was having a nice date a week ago and we watched Looper. Looper. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I'll have to look that up. That's cool. You actually dating? Yeah. It's a big thing. It's a thing. It's a big thing for a young man. Yes. Um. God. Okay. Was it? A, was it like a positive? How? How early was? How long have you known this person? Like a, like two months. Okay. That's very. Uh. In the traditional stratification of dating, that's when you can start to like um gradually admit that you're uh very obsessed with uh One Piece. <laughs> that's that's the joke anime, right? One Piece and. Jojo. Yeah, I mean, and then and and act like it's a, an unusual thing. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been up to date with One Piece. I've seen like all 600 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like there's, there, I feel like uh, we only, even, well, I wasn't going to say, vaguely uh, self-aware living and working people, like one or two shows in our lifetime that we get to be like actually not about, like actual authorities in. Um, I dated this girl who you know the west wing mm-hmm. well like i i heard of it i had no idea um her show that she knew everything about was the west wing which is like the hardest it's like the it's like you chose like what's what deliberately the most um like hard to digest amount of of ip to like know off she would just speak the dialogue for the entire like she would put it on and we would sit there and then she would just speak the dialogue i actually don't know anything about west wing it's very okay it's like Think of like okay, people that write um, television scripts, screenplays, like, and that's their craft. Think about like somebody who was like, go all out, bro, go just fucking fuck it up, like ultra 
ultra heavy like dialogue heavy um the it's if you ever do watch it it's about like the presidency and like everybody in the show is um perfectly well spoken and they speak very fast and there's like zero like like the the, the scripts are flawless which if you watch that like now or even any like any bit of it in contrast with like the Trump administration or honestly any real person it just seems so fan it's just it's just for lawyers it's like for people that love that like that that east coast type but that's that um author like the law authoritarian law type um the type that like knew all about Alexander Hamilton and like had read a significant amount of his shit before the uh the Broadway musical hmm. but it's just uh like it was very weird for her to be in it. I mean, I, I respected it tremendously because I realized I would never even remotely a approach the level of knowledge of, of like, but then again, I, I really like when you're just actually just speaking the dialogue aloud, like, what is the point? Are you trying to impress me? Because you already have, <laughs> you know, you already watch West Wing. I know you're impressive. Well, like, you know, even you could you could do it and just kind of like prove that you can. Hello. Um, At first, I thought Westworld, the like sci-fi show. Yeah uh very but w that's those are cult following shows please your request oh yeah sorry i'm i have to be very careful with this application because i'm broken hello hey i feel are like we talking about Westworld? oh god <laughs> have you been have you been lurking on in the twitter like twitter.com slash i slash spaces search oh, waiting for right. someone to talk about Westworld? <laughs> That's right. I've been skipping through spaces joining and leaving until someone says Westworld. well is it our baby yeah um <laughs> i've seen a season of it uh that's about it yeah me too that's exactly except okay the additional uh, anecdote uh about westworld for my life is that a publication sim do you remember the the outline uh yeah how much i talked about it well they literally had a dedicated westworld po podcast are you kidding um, me and now all the people like a bunch of people that work for the outline i am in like i pay for their patreon podcast they they they're the people that do uh over understood um, over understood and uh i brought like i brought it up with them because i was like finally you know i now that i've paid my way you can finally respond to me you didn't respond to all those emails i sent for years uh <laughs> please tell me you actually sent emails to them well oh i did not about that but like so i brought her up with like i was like oh hey uh westworld right like <laughs> you know that uh that fucking like three-year-long podcast that you guys did that was one of two uh audio productions of your publication <laughs> And they were just like, yeah, they didn't say it. I was like, what the fuck? Anyway. Did they explain why Westworld? Oh, I didn't actually listen to the podcast. I should I should say that. No, no, uh, no. Did they explain why they did the Westworld podcast? Um, not not precisely. I think it's it was I think you probably can still listen to it. I, the publication still up. I think it was like it was definitely assumed that you knew why if you were listening, which is like, you know. I don't know. You really like it. I watched the, I was like you. I watched one season of it. I mean, it was interesting, but I don't think that I could act like have a friend group around that television show, mm. you know, mm. or certainly couldn't host a podcast about it. Right. But yeah, uh, like it was a fine show and I probably would have watched more. I think I stopped more because of kind of like how much interest I had at the time in watching shows than in like my attention span, not so much as the show not being good or whatever, you know? Yeah. I could see it's, myself watching all of it if I was watching it with friends, but since I wasn't really, I ended up uh, never really continuing it. But yeah, that's very healthy. That's that's I, a and much. It's not healthy. I'm just like uh, terminally online in a different way, I guess, than uh, videos. Videos just don't do it for me. Same kind of. Uh, I actually used to say I 
don't like film, but I do like television as a medium. Uh, okay, actually, some, this is a question I want to ask. Hello, people that are may or may not still be in here because of how unreliable this application is. Uh, YouTube, videos gotten, YouTube videos are too short. Like, I think for a lot of people, YouTube has replaced television, but I've tried to do that. And honestly, it's like, oh my God, you're just, you overproduce this thing that you did not have to overproduce. And now I have to, like, I just, I feel like I'm spending my whole life creating a queue. Yeah, I just can't do YouTube. Which Wait, is, they're too short now? Well, I feel like, okay, when I say too short, I feel like, uh, like 25 minutes is not long enough. Uh, cool for whatever i don't i was on youtube like really early and then i, I kind of got over it you know youtube discourse videos like was wait what like long youtube videos explaining the discourse of the day <laughs> um the, philip defranco show that was I'm sorry, what the uh philip defranco still does a that's that's first generation youtuber did a Is daily like a Gen X thing you know honestly basically yeah <laughs> uh I'm teasing, but yeah. no definitely i mean like i feel ancient because uh I did put up YouTube videos when I was like 14 um, of, you know, the bad. Literally, I had a camcorder that uh, I think 360p was the max. And that was a big deal for me. Uh, and then I, I just did it for a long time. And then I kind of got got over. And now all of a sudden it's kind of like podcasts. It's like all of a sudden it's a very important part of other people's lives. And it just has utterly been burned out from it to me. I And it's like it's literally that shit is too well produced now, I guess. I don't know what I'm saying. My opinions aren't that important. Um, I just, you know, I'm going to make this about how confused I am generally about life, so. Oh, no, but that's a great topic. But no, I think you're probably right. I I mean, I imagine there's, like, all kinds, but I'm really not a big YouTube user, so I couldn't speak to, like, the typical experience if there is such a thing. I just had in mind kind of specifically recently I've seen, like, links on Twitter to, like, two-hour-long YouTube videos on like i don't know oh gosh what was the more most recent like lindsay ellis video or something like that does that ring a bell to anyone i mean i since since things became i have no idea i have no ability to actively um like consume content from from youtube uh in a intentional way so I, no i'm sorry <laughs> Uh, for sure. Okay, so I feel like I know you from Twitter. I feel like I, but that's the thing is like it's been it's it's been over a decade now of me being on the day. So me? um, do we do we know each other from somewhere? I don't think so. Cool. Uh, let me think. Uh, looking at your profile, uh, I'm trying to guess where I follow. Okay, thing, my history maybe... has been crazy hooligan, uh, asphalt apostle, depraved infant, and then oh, there's one more in there. Oh, Fickle Crux. God, that was a pretentious era of my life. Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, those do not ring a bell. I've only started using Twitter in the past year and a half, which was possibly the worst possible time to get on Twitter, but also a very understandable time. That is so fascinating. Yeah. Um, like right before the pandemic, I had been stepping up my use of Twitter. And I was like, huh, they're talking about this virus that's in China. And, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I guess... What did you would, use I, you know, before I, that? Mostly Tumblr, right? Yeah, I was on Tumblr a lot. Yeah. See, I feel like my Tumblr era ended like five, like five plus years ago, and then like I switched to Twitter, and that's been my main thing ever since. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know, right? Like it's amazing. I'm still. 
but I don't know. It's like, I, I feel like it's kind of one of the least ruined ones. Like, I mean, it's still bad and awful, but like they don't have a business model. So they like haven't fully fucked it up yet in the way that like, I feel like Facebook and, and Tumblr and all these ones just got ruined. Wait, by... what are you talking about? Tumblr went from a billion dollars to, I think, three million? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. But I, I don't know. Like it's the peak most useless social media site for like monetizing. But there's like so many shitty ads yeah. and stuff and they and they like took you know, they banned porn and all that stuff. Like it's just like mm. I don't know. That was like I, I guess you're right in that the content and like there's still like probably community and, and stuff to be found, but for me I guess like I got more interested in Twitter, I think around the same time that I was like kind of starting to transition my career. And there was like a lot of people on, t on Twitter. So it was a good way for me to like actually do like meaningful networking. That's not like skeezy, like finding people that I think are cool and not awful and like also interested in like all the nerdy things that I am. Um, I mean, like Twitter's a little bit more personal or it can be. Um, than like Tumblr, which is like a little bit more anonymous. I don't know. Thanks for uh, hello. By the way, I uh, I'm not going to respond with mm -hmm. any of the deluge of thought that I've expressed recently about those things. Oh, except we gotta remember, like on on you are totally right about uh, Twitter is not skeezy in that they are so incompetent that they are like unable to. You can you can have faith that their incompetence is kind of keeping them from doing anything uh, all that malicious. However, it's literally to the uh, extent that I uh, yeah, it's very bad. Uh, like I I don't understand as an organization from the evidence that I've seen in the past year, specifically having delved uh, into the transition from Periscope to Spaces, uh, like. I, I don't think anyone in that company is doing anything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's super dysfunctional. I, I know a couple people there, not like personally, but I know if you read, there was like recently a New York Times article about like some manager, like higher level manager they hired that was like a real dick that everybody hated and like tried to like change the culture because it's like we're not innovating or like some bullshit i don't know um i don't know that much like insidery twitter tech drama but i agree that it's kind of like i feel like twitter and then like medium and stuff like that are sort of a product of like just way too much vc money and people making things just because they can not because like they actually can make money <laughs> At least that's what to it the, seems like. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, that's actually most of our generation of tech. Like, that's what oh, Google yeah. was. The difference is that they have continued their incompetence. So I wasn't talking about, like, the story or the culture of Twitter. I'm literally talking about the software. As in this application that we're using right now, uh, Twitter has never, like, they never built their own um, mobile Twitter client. They bought, God, it's Tweety or I, I get them confused. Uh, and if you go and look in the internal files in iOS, they haven't even bothered to change. This was over 10 years ago. They have not bothered to change the name of the app. It is still known to iOS as Tweet. They're just, yeah. But I, I've literally every space that I've hosted up to this point has been me ranting about uh, just the bizarre 
little ways that they are incompetent. Um, yeah, but I mean, the thing about software, though, is that, like, it mirrors, in my experience, like, organizational incompetence. <laughs> so it's always, like, people behind it, and I think that the shit that isn't working and that's bad is really a function of, like, you know, just, like, organizational dysfunction. I don't know. That, that, oh, yeah, it's... Yeah. And that part's always like just as interesting to me as like looking at the code and seeing what's fucked up about it. <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't know. That's a uh, Twitter. Twitter is hilarious. It, okay, actually, I should say this. It was so funny for the first twelve years of me being on Twitter of me literally basing my entire alt social uh function in in contrast to you guys. It sounds like uh, like I've been on this application. Like the vast majority of my adults and colleagues uh that I have corresponded with regularly over um, my whole adult life up to this point are adjacent to Twitter in some way, in a way that's, unfortunately, I can't get them unstuck. Uh, yeah, I met you on but, Twitter like nine years ago or something, eight years, I don't know. Um, the, and so I'm, I've realized recently that I am particularly uh, and like notably emotionally invested in it in a way that's, um, which is the only reason that I would, you know, take the time to publicly say anything about it. But, uh... So it was like funny. It was funny for, and then all of a sudden, and I think it was like around, it was around 2017, 2018, like now when things happen that make other people laugh about this app, like just, oh yeah, they, uh, they said they were going to respond to you in 10 days and it's been, uh, it's been over three months now. Uh, it's literally just like, how the fuck? I, I don't know. I'm not funny anymore, which basically <laughs> has removed my entire internet value. And I'm just, I'm just confused and upset and uh that's not positive at all but you guys should try mastodon um because it's like twitter was in the beginning sounds like you guys didn't get to experience that which it was like this random bounce house of people and nobody really talked about anything like heavy unless they specifically sought to so you could just meet people that you disagree with uh in some ways but we're both interested in motorcycles uh and then hang on to those connections and yeah I'm loving the old man shakes fist at clouds energy of like in the old days of Twitter back in well, 20. This, yeah, I mean, so much has changed uh, that it really is. I mean, in in ways, um, I, I've written like I've literally I spent so much of my fucking time this year writing about social media, and I've accepted that I'm basically gonna be doing it my whole life. Oh god, I accidentally. Well, there's like so much to unpack there. Like I, I'm very interested in it too. Like as somebody who unfortunately majored in like media studies <laughs> um I, I i i've heard i wasn't it's funny i like signed up for twitter very early but i didn't use it at all um and it was only because somebody i was dating was like on it all the time and would like look at their phone constantly and i'd be like what the fuck and <laughs> so i basically like <laughs> got on twitter like because of her and started using it in a way that like it like because twitter is a very unique one in that like I feel like to get the most value out of it you have to be kind of addicted to it otherwise it like doesn't make sense or I don't know I actually would disagree uh distinctly with that but I understand how it seems that way now because yeah um, I mean maybe it didn't used to be like that because like yeah I mean some of my good friends here like basically like yeah like the reason I was able to move to New York in the first place was because of all the people I met on Twitter so like I think that definitely it can have a valuable like impact on still like people need to like make real meaningful connections based on like shared interests and stuff like that. Uh, but I also recognize how like, what a 
kind of mess it is and, and how bad it's become just because of scale. And then, of course, because of like the way that, you know, prominent people like celebrities and politicians and stuff use it. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I've also heard kind of like, oh, the old days of Twitter, it was like actually good or whatever. But I think a lot of that has to do with just like how much bigger it's gotten and like, and the rise of like celebrity and, and, and it just being used as like an outlet for, for those pe- type of people. <laughs> Definitely. It's also, um, I, I would argue specifically, the tools are actually still there uh, in Twitter uh, to help you uh, refine your experience. So I just wrote a thing that, I think it was too haphazard to actually get succinctly, but basically, good compared to uh, how other people, their lives and their relationship with social media seems to be this thing where they, I don't know, see things that are unexpected and content and people uh, that they to hear from, uh, like push their way into into their lives and disrupt it somehow. That doesn't happen to me. It never has. I basically like only see shit people I want to see things from because I use lists and I never see ads uh, and I see it all chronologically but the and the reason why I would because it sounds like me being like I'm I'm I know and you don't but it's literally like the only reason that we don't all talk about this I'm actually proud of Twitter because they updated their list documentation fairly recently is because they don't have an incentive to and their incentive is well actually incentives don't necessarily matter when when you know the company is that incompetent but uh yeah like you can they don't have an incentive to I think I lost you there. Oh, um, so there are tools. Uh, Twitter gives you tools to uh, take control yourself over the over the things that you um, consume over your consumption. Right. Lists uh, and the like if you're using a, a client like Tweetbot, for instance, um, the specific like that you can get uh, very quickly with setting up filters. Yeah. Like is absurd. Like um, but there is no business incentive for them to better your experience. And that's why um, like, it's not even malice. It would be so much easier to like combat this dynamic uh, where people are losing control over their social media um, if like they were actively like, oh, we're going to take it away from them. Uh, the only company that does that is Facebook. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's... Yeah, I know. What you, I see what you mean. It's kind of like your experience on Twitter is to some extent like the product of the time and effort you put into like curating your timeline and like using block lists and stuff like that. But it's kind of like, I guess, for the casual user or somebody who's not really into like doing that, putting that amount of effort into it, like the baseline experience is like pretty shitty. <laughs> That's the thing. Is it like, okay, so basically we the people we're talking about or i don't know we could argue right that there is no such thing as a casual twitter user like if i'm just saying that that uh i'm trying to uh insert community that i that i get uh fortunately tech media has has failed um to keep the comp- uh basic things in, in in check that were have been expected like basic documentation uh of shit um sorry i'm, I'm getting off the rails here i've got distracted by something uh <laughs> I'm trying to insert into the conversation. It's not like anything big. It's not a big, sexy conspiracy story. It's literally down to um, like chronological timelines. Uh, but like the amount of time that I've actively spent uh, curating, quote unquote, is so minuscule uh, on Twitter compared to like, I mean, a lot of it is that I, I can't follow anyone else and I have to uh, for, oh God, I, I just calculated this. Why am I blanking? 
it's like five years. It's like vaguely around October 2017, I hit the follow limit, and I have not been able to follow anyone else on Twitter. There's a follow limit on what? There is. You should. Uh, what are you talking about? That's not yeah. True. This this thing that's happening right now. This is that's been my experience for the past five years. There's actually a Twitter help document, and if you go, this sounds self promotional, but it's not. If you go to my profile and open tree that's link profile. The first link is uh, entitled Why I Didn't Follow You Back, and it is a, uh, as concise an explanation of the follow limit as uh, But what I about could. those, like, tech so, marketer people that follow you that had, like, there used to be all these people that had, you know, had, like, 100,000 followers and, like, 100,000 people they were following. <laughs> so this is was that, the, the original ratio. Like... <laughs> yeah, the, the ratio thing is actually... Uh, unfortunately, it, like we thought it was a dynamic that just users were talking about and just an academic talking about like the, the follow to, to follow ratio as a, you know, thing it, no, it's actually, um, it's, it's a, a technical thing. Uh, the, the document, okay. The funniest thing is, uh, when I first hit the follow limit, no, I had never heard of it. Um, and, uh. There were no help documents on Twitter. Like Twitter did not acknowledge that it that it existed. Um, and every once in a while, like I, I did a, a search and I could find people that were like, "Hey, I encountered this," and then we're trying to re reverse engineer it, right? But the document literally it didn't give the number specifically of how many. Like, okay, so I should explain. Uh, basically, if you uh follow. If you hit a thousand people that you are following, but less than a thousand people follow you, somewhere around there, it's actually it's actually a concrete thing now. But back in the day, somewhere around there is when the algorithm would determine that you could not follow any more people until a bunch more people followed you. Uh, I see. Okay, so it's it's a way of like it think of like think, it, it like thinks you're a bot or something. <laughs> Yeah, except the thing is, there has never been an AP like an API that allowed for people to mass follow. Um, like if you if you listen to anyone that does follow like a million people, like I mark his Marky's Trill, uh, who I just had a very bizarre and a lengthy conversation with for the first time recently. Who is he's got the record for the, the uh, amount who of knows? people followed. He followed every one of those people with his own hands, except for when he was. Like he developed, he paid some guy to develop something that simulated human uh, input because the API does not accept a certain level of. Uh... Anyway, yeah, there's never been a reason for that. Um, and because, like, so I don't look at my timeline. We're getting technical now, and it's stuff that I said much more concisely in the stuff that I've written about this. But, uh, like, I don't see my timeline ever. Um, I use, like, Tweetbot uh, literally is configurable so that um my specific lists make the main timeline um and it's not a unique thing necessarily with twitter clients but like yeah i don't see ads i don't uh i see things chronologically um i thought they took that away because like people were complaining recently about no more chronological timeline but maybe so, they complained too yeah, hard and to twitter actually app, changed it <laughs> if you go to the home uh screen in this app oh guess it's reset again yeah uh and there's a little star icon in the up, upper right-hand corner. If you tap that, um, mine says right now, your timeline is set to home. And then it says, switch this tweets. Uh, and it will reset constantly and inexplicably back to being algorithmically curated. Um, yes, people did complain. Yes, uh, it is more or less linear from what I know. Uh, I stopped. I really should stop. Look at what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> 
I stopped paying a lot of attention to like the specifics of, of uh, people just don't hold them accountable for like the most basic things like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's probably more or less uh, chronological if you switch that um, and keep it switched. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, there's no reason to extensively use this service uh, in this application because it is distinctly the worst like maintained um piece of social software mainstream social software that i have ever seen and anyone else has ever seen by a long way and i'm talking about i would like to bring up i'll in the words of our former like president i'll keep drinking that garbage like (laughs) like i know twitter is a piece of crap and it like barely works a lot of the time but i don't care i guess like i well yeah I've definitely, my approach to curation was much more about, like, who I follow, who who I mute, um, like, block lists, stuff like that. Like, I don't really use lists that extensively. Um, Maybe I should. Um, But, yeah. It depends on... Yeah, yeah, on on how and who, but yeah, let's talk about. I don't know much about Tumblr uh, and how it's doing. I do know that they um <laughs> they are one of the only applications. So I actually wanted to talk about iOS 15, but I'm glad I'm not because that's all I've done for the past few months. Uh, there's this thing in I- iOS called Siri shortcuts. It's a automation thing. Uh, oh. that um, but yeah, and there. So I set up a Siri shortcut. Uh, the Tumblr support of it that. If the phone hears me cough or sneeze, it takes a picture of, uh, from the front-facing camera and immediately posts that picture to Tumblr without any opting in. Like, I played a prank on myself. Um, the uh, the sound recognition, but, like, yeah. So, also, I, put, like, was able to post ridiculously huge pieces of using that action in an automated sense. Um, I should just give you a specific Tumblr link. I think it's drywallmusic.tumblr.com. Uh... Yeah, Tumblr, Yahoo, you know. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. God, automatic. Uh, the WordPress people to whom I gave much of my life uh, as a registered WordPress developer, uh, Matt Mullenweg, who is distinctly the creepiest sounding uh, tech CEO by far. And no one says it. I mean, he's a, I think he's a nice guy, but like just hearing him speak is like he just sounds like a real creep just viscerally that's very judgmental Who? but matt mullenweg who's the uh creator ceo of wordpress uh number one guy of wordpress even though it's yeah um anyway sorry i got, I got off topic they own tumblr now uh they also own oh, yeah they just bought pocket casts which is my favorite po- just um but yahoo initially bought right yes and yahoo um is is sort of they are the the people that famously lost so much money. I just found out, I forgot that Yahoo offered Facebook $1 billion to buy Facebook when they were just like 35 people above a Chinese restaurant. Uh, and the craziest thing is that like Mark turned them down, but, uh, yeah, Yahoo, um, they, at least they try though. You know, uh, I actually lived by, uh, Yahoo headquarters for a little while. Okay. Well, I say by my, doctor's office uh was by there and every time i drove by this was in let's see 2018 it was a bunch of like people in yahoo t-shirts jogging but it distinctly like not even commenting on like their phys- physique or, at all it was just people you knew did not want to be jogging it was like something you can tell you know and they would jog in packs and it was just like hey why aren't you guys like fixing tumblr <laughs> but uh yeah i'm i'm thank you guys for like coming in here and indulging me by the way 
and talking about this um because you know i i it's just really hit me how like i don't know i'm really wrapped up in this and like i feel like the only unique thing i have to con contribute is focusing on like the smallest areas where these companies are not held accountable for anymore i like and it, it's literally in things like hey we'll get back to you in 10 days and then they don't and i know it sounds minor but you have to start you have to start there uh in my opinion but yeah so tumblr holy fuck automatic owns them now i have absolutely no reason no idea why the fuck the wordpress people bought tumblr i mean um, for that love honestly if i don't know what happened i said that as if i don't know seems like he's muted again maybe Sorry, connection issues i don't know yeah um this thing happens with spaces and it has for uh good god going on a year now where um there's there's a transition at Sorry, some point and it literally it. there we go yeah no that wasn't uh the app for one for once uh <laughs> i was just having an irl conversation but what what the hell is that <laughs> wow how could you it was a funny joke <laughs> But like Tumblr, I think they were some said it was under 20 million. And I think at the final figure ended up being like 3 million. And if I happen to be like someone who was in tech for like 10 years as a developer, me and a couple of friends would be able to afford it. And that's just ridiculous to me. Like for an app that is that many people still use, have used for so many years. Yeah, you can still export your Tumblr archive too. Um, I, yeah, let me find, I've forgotten how to highlight. Uh, Matt Mullenweg has a blog and it's like can't remember what it is oh sorry i'm not very like, um i guess i'm not surprised that wordpress bought it just because i mean as long as they weren't inheriting liabilities for that price tag uh that seems like a dude we're okay you're you just said liability the people that own wordpress they've clearly proven if anything that liability is not something that anyone needs to wor worry about okay i'm searching That's the word true. tumblr i guess it's, I it's kind of makes sense because it's sort of in their domain they're kind of like one of the biggest like i, I mean wordpress is blogging software you know tumblr it's, yeah it's you know what is was maybe one of the more widely used like social blogging platforms um and yeah, hey well, it's actually, cheap it's <laughs> Fundamentally, it's that they're, they're content management systems that were turned into or that that were like popularly. So like WordPress.com is a social blogging platform, but the actual software behind Word. Uh, oh God, no one wants. I'm sorry. I'm literally mansplaining this right now. But like it is worthy of differentiation for no ideological reasons. It's just uh, <laughs> Tumblr is actually a, a really great CMS. Like the software is incredible when you think okay. about um and and distinctly I think better than WordPress, but that's not a difficult thing. Um Yeah, well I mean WordPress is also sort of like open source. It's like this like I've heard I've heard that, you know, other things about the WordPress code base. <laughs> Um, and it's kind of, and it's also been around for so long, you know, whereas like Tumblr, I don't know when Tumblr was created, but it's more of a product of like the sort of web 2.0 era of, of digital media. So God, I don't even know what number they are. I WordPress is, is, uh, they're both 2.0 in the sense that, um, okay. I don't actually remember the technical, sorry. Uh, yeah. Like as someone who I, I don't know, I don't know why, but for a fairly extensive period of my life, like I was a registered WordPress developer and I showed up to uh, the weekly Slack meeting of WordPress developers. Um, 
and I literally think going thinking back now, I think mostly because um this is almost cruel to say. Like it's it is cruel. I think I like watching uh just you know plugging holes in the dam with with uh I remember what that phrase like, with your with your fingers, right? Um it but uh now like all of a sudden it's it's actually really when you realize that it's just a bunch of people doing work for free it's to sustain this massive um god i software as a service company is is probably what defines wordpress uh a funny anecdote about the Trump presidency is that um, so the White House website uh, and a lot like a lot of the web presence of the federal government ran on Drupal for a long time. And like Drupal is an ancient but incredibly robust content management system um, that's, that's it's really like perfect for that sort of thing. Like it's not complicated. Uh, it's like visually it's it, it's very feature limited, um, but it is very secure. Right. And the guy the the trump guy was like uh fuck this we're all we're putting everything on wordpress um and that almost certainly means that they became a client of wordpress vip as in the federal government as in god my my government became uh what i assume to be the, the biggest client of the wordpress vip program and no one talks about this and it would have been a huge cash flow thing for for wordpress as an organization that's Which hilarious might explain why they bought tumblr yeah, I never even thought about that. Yeah, no, I know all about the like I yeah, like the federal government like literally runs on on Drupal. It's it's hilarious because um, I I used to live in DC and that's kind of where I started my development career and like you can just like be a WordPress or Drupal developer in DC and like go forever because there's so much demand for that skill set there because um, like every fucking government contractor like uses that um but that's really funny about the the trump thing and it doesn't surprise me because like given how many of the right-wing social apps have had like huge <laughs> security like fiascos like very publicly um it's and you know wordpress being known for like not being the most secure um it, that 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 doesn't surprise me at all it's actually incredibly secure uh if you keep it updated at a ridiculous pace and that's the problem uh when you really like philosophically when you realize that they're just like the phrase uh spinning no any of these idioms i'm sorry i don't know why i haven't talked to people it's i'm fucking i do not know the idiom the gerbil spinning the wheels spinning the tires that the amount that that's basically what the entire uh development community does is like patch this ridiculously ancient ship meanwhile um okay so for instance a good friend of mine who's a irish like he has a he, he found a way to make word site generator and it's genius and the fact that like I, I probably could not even if i could get the attention of companies that now run their huge businesses on wordpress still like condé nast the new yorker uh, Wired, which I'm a subscriber to, but their website is unusable, so I've probably stayed a subscriber just so that I can justify uh, occasionally DMing Ashley, Ashley God, Feinberg, I think, and be like, hey, so your your shit's still broken, right? Um, fuck, I am literally failing to find the, oh, 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 like the news bit about when Automatic bought Tumblr. I guess it's probably because no one cares. I remember it being a huge thing. They did indeed buy it for $3 million. Um, a lot of the editorializing is suggesting that Automatic could give Tumblr stability, which, yeah. Anyway, 
See, I don't know. Just to me, like when Yahoo bought Tumblr, I was like, okay, it's over. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be. Yeah. Oh, I remember that too. It's like hollowed out. You know what I mean? And I, I think also I was getting these persistent, like annoying ads for like shitty mobile games that I just, it just drove me off the site. That and then the my switch over to Twitter um, and like being more interested in like interacting with people like more directly. Yeah. Um, that's like what kind of got me off the site. So I was like, I, but I, I mean, apparently people still use it. <laughs> yeah, there is extensively, definitely. Uh, but you'll never see it. And then you can go on the app. Uh, I mean, I still have my old account that I, uh, so actually the very first web media thing that I ever tried to do, uh, I started a car blog on Tumblr and everyone was like, dude, you need to, my friends were like, my friend, single friend who, um, like, you know, God, we were, what, we were 18, 19, it's whatever we aspire to be, it doesn't matter, but, uh, he was like, dude, you need to, like, that's, you can't fucking have a blog on Tumblr, and I'm like, no, like, specifically, that is exactly what, like, what it's optimized for, uh, but yeah, if you want to, um, see the disaster that I made, piece, uh, I, I would consider it a, a piece of internet history, uh, drywallmusic.tumblr.com is a thing that I automated back before automation. Like, I signed the post by email email address up for a bunch of spam lists, and I thought that was so funny because it was like, hey, my fucking Tumblr is just posting ads, and then now that's the whole internet now, and now I feel like, anyway, um... Yeah, we should all, like, share the links to our Tumblrs. (laughs) Ah, you know, if this were Periscope, which, uh, this space was built atop of uh we could just do that we could just post to the links in a text chat um huh but uh there's no way to do that now without notably without like fucking up everybody else or like it's the big display thing it has to be the per the host the, the celebrity involved in the conversation wait can't people just make a tweet and share it i mean not that i'm recommending that but how else would you say something in this chat? Can you write things into the you chat? You cannot. That was my point. Is that I wish it had a chat. I've been wanting that because, yeah. like, I like to lurk. I don't like to actually talk on these things. <laughs> <laughs> I like bullying out yeah. into talking. Um, yeah, actually, so notably, this was built atop of uh, Periscope, which, yes, did have text chat um, and a lot of other things. Uh, and it was literally cannibalized to build this. And the decision... I know, and it seemed perfectly functional. Yeah. And then they, like, just ported it into this into this terrible app that today at least is somewhat functional and isn't draining my battery at, like, 1 or 2% a minute and is also working with my Bluetooth headphones, which it never oh, worked. Yeah. Like, oddly... That's the strangest thing. Like, it would work while I was listening, but if I became a speaker, the Bluetooth headphones would crap out. And it's like, how have you managed to ruin this interface where, in theory, it should have absolute do with the specifics of the application, and just as long as you're com- communicating to the operating system properly, the operating system should be handling the Bluetooth. Well, but that's the thing. It's almost certainly on the OS's <laughs> side, especially with iOS. Um, really? Yeah. But it worked for everything else. So, like... What spec? It has to be like it was working fine with other applications. Yeah, but like, yeah, I so I uh, only just this year have learned actual specifics about how iOS is built. Um, but honestly, like playing the like the blame truthy almost certainly rests upon one like 
line, one error, um, or I'm sorry, one in like uncorrect, incorrect, there, that's the word, uh, value somewhere in, um, I think it's called, let's see, it would be called core audio and then it'd be, it's Bluetooth is the, is the set of stuff that, uh, that, that, um, can't think of the name. Sorry. Apple has names for everything that just obfuscate what's actually happening. But yeah, there are like a bunch of different options to do things in the operating system because they don't like take the time to deprecate old things properly. So yeah, everybody's confused. And like, it always seems like it's this big that would be really like, it is almost certainly simple to fix. Um, But yeah, trust me, this is a, <laughs> I have uh, lost my mind over things like this. Um, For instance, I just found out the, uh, th sorry, this is one interesting anecdote that I, I uniquely have. And then I'll shut up about that. Uh, I found out the name of Siri Voice 2. If you maybe recall, uh, when the new Siri Voices were introduced earlier this year, Apple was like, uh, we're going to make them like non-binary. Uh, and like, I was like, oh, that's actually, wow, that's a very like relevant thing. I wonder what they're going to sound like. Um, not only are they clearly binary, uh, a, a black man and a black woman, it's clearly uh, a black man and a black woman. I found the name of one of them accidentally in a document today, or not not a document, uh, in a piece of data. Uh, and I really want to tell people, but then I realized that would technically be dead naming Siri, which is the most absurd conundrum to be in ever. But yeah, um, little things are almost certainly what's, uh, what's the problem. Uh, <laughs> the craziest part about this you whole story is that so Kapoor, um, who's the head of product what now at Twitter, that? he only came to Twitter as part of Periscope. He was a very ideological uh, software developer, very, like, they were very innovative. Periscope was an amazing thing um, for, like, both technically and uh, the way it was organized. But um, he went from calling Periscope his baby and saying that it was, like, the thing he was going to do with his life in interviews when Twitter bought Periscope. He's ended up being the head of product that made the decision to, instead of like, you know, I don't know, at all reasonably deprecating Periscope and like keeping people there to respond, you know, keeping at least one person there to respond to people. Uh, he just, from what I can tell, scalped the whole team like a year ago um, and built this on top of it, uh, except this is distinctly less reliable than Periscope was. Yeah, I don't know very much about Periscope and I never really used it, but it seems like Twitter has a really weird history with like video shit, like having killed Vine and then Periscope. Um, I, I, I mean, I assume that like all things in tech, it's like, they're probably like, we can't justify this from a business perspective for like whatever reason. Um, but I don't know, you know, I don't have any like insight into why that was or because it's like report of, you know, reportedly they regret killing Vine, like as they should, you know, and then, you know, TikTok came along and I guess did what they were trying to do much better. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure like what their deal is with regard to, uh, trying and then like killing various like video <laughs> products. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Vine was very, very different in that that was a cultural failure, um, as in like scandalous and like that was not a technical failure, but yet they are similar in that both of them were like built more or less from scratch. Uh, that's really a stretch to say that, but like they were very clever things that someone built in a technical sense. Um, Periscope still had a, a very active community. Uh, I 
said too much about it or it's like the only application that i have ever gone like been a like i had more of an active uh following engagement on periscope than i ever will in any other social media service um and that's not actually the reason why uh i can't stop bringing it up it's that uh periscope had a very maintained an active community um it was it was a business thing in the sense but like Periscope was never profitable. Um, and it would have made sense for them to say like, look guys, um, this was great. It was a great time. I see that you guys are still on it. Uh, but like, we're going to have to start spinning it down. We are going to stop updating the app. Um, they said that, but they said that like literally like, uh, at least 18 months after they actually stopped updating it. Uh, and like make it very clear and, and, and have a distinct timeline of, uh, slowdown. But it, like it was i don't know you guys this is probably not very interesting i'm sorry please stop me if it's not um i just periscope is like we complain about filter bubbles there's one last thing i want to say about about periscope uh periscope just by its fundamental design and nature was a a uh, it it was you could not have a filter bubble on periscope that just was not possible and the sad thing is or at least um the the hypocritical thing uh overwhelmingly and to, to my but i also participated in this but it's because it was so positive in the sense that you could just hop on periscope and all of a sudden i'm talking to someone um in uh georgia the country who's learning english and i think it would be cool to just have a like i don't know a brief conversation about what my favorite color is um and then never maybe never see them again but like and you could just pop in have that experience and then pop out uh yeah let me let me that sounds almost a bit like um like chat roulette <laughs> and like those types yeah except of things. the difference is that you had control like you distinctly had sorry I, to cut you off but like obviously i'm very passionate about this it was literally a globe, um, and you could just see uh you could scroll around the globe and see little red pins of uh, someone live and then you could t tap on that and there would be a title and you could go in and you could text chat with them um that's pretty cool yeah that reminds me a bit of like i know like snapchat has a feature a little bit but like that but it's more about like obviously viewing people's stories and like it's it's heavily uh like sort of weighted towards people that you you know already know and then like like brand, brand brands and shit that have like already yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah, I should have. Yeah, I never I never really got into Periscope from a distance. My impression was that it was like a lot of just like random cranks because I know there's like various right wingers that would like, <laughs> like be on it a lot, you know, which See, of that's, course can that's be fun. Thing, um, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that as someone who was actually pretty popular on Periscope, I literally never had that experience. Um, and I've basically i've been trying to figure out why like there would be trolls but like i just made it very clear that um well actually <clears throat> periscope the software did a pretty good job of uh, moderating uh actually probably better than than um anything else right now but like if anyone said like the rule was you can disparage me as much as you want uh as long as you don't you know uh but you cannot disparage anyone else in the chat you cannot be anything but positive to anyone else in the chat and like maintaining that simple rule, um, maybe total, uh, in my time on Periscope, I had to kick 30 people. Uh, 
and that's what I I'm just like what the fuck. Um, however, but I mean, how many day, people uh, actually used it though? Because I feel like part of it is just like once you have a community of users that gets to a certain scale, the moderation just becomes like you know exponentially more challenging. Well, I mean, they actually um, uh, trying to think of so uh, they had very innovative ideas about moderation that at least might be surprising um given that no one else has done it so one thing that you could do is uh you could ha create you could nominate moderators for your chat um and basically the role for them was not to they weren't the, like so yeah i had regular friends i would make them moderators but all that meant is that if the software was confused about something it would ask them before send message was posted before the message was posted that's the important thing so like um in my like uh I, like that's the most ingenious way like solution to that problem that i have personally ever seen in that it actually works um but yeah you're right uh i, I was actually so there were a lot of Periscope users up until the end, but the thing about Periscope is that is distinctly like a non-attachment social like social service, uh, because they didn't really uh, get around to uh, like there were there were financial systems in Periscope. Oh, this is a whole other thing, like talking about how how Twitter can't um actually implement payment systems on Periscope. Uh, there was a there was a program that you could get paid uh, in real time, sort of like the way Twitch does it now, but like, in my opinion, in a much more understandable way. Uh, and then were people getting paid? Not a lot. Um, and that's that's why, like, because it was everything that we claim, at least, in criticism of the modern, uh, or of other social services, it, like, it was everything that we claim to want. That's my point. And I'm including myself in this. I realized that the reason, like, why I didn't open Periscope as much as I felt like I should was literally because it was just a, a completely positive experience. <laughs> and my yeah. brain was not... I left it on my home screen for years! Like, literally, it was on my home screen for the entire history that it existed. First home screen. Uh, to, like... And I, and I just rarely found myself popping in. And when I did, it was always great! <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I just, uh, like, this this conversation about Periscope specifically, in my opinion, just got completely overlooked. Uh, and I really haven't, but I think the only reason why is just because, um, like, the articulate critics that uh, reflect on, you know, general implications of uh, media as it's changing, specifically Gia Tolentino, I wish Gia Tolentino had been on Periscope so that she could... <laughs> So that she could talk, it would be so much more eloquent. Um, but yeah, no, I, said I, I think you should write this piece. I think you should write this piece that, like, hey, every we all slept on Periscope. It was good, actually. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I, I would click on that headline. No, it's gonna be really big, and it's gonna be really reflectory. And I want to actually talk to the people that I met um, on Periscope. Uh, there's so many like ridiculously good stories. Um, so many experiences that I don't know if I like specifically to differentiate this. I cannot use an application like TikTok because, well, I guess now I feel like I'm a control freak, but like because I guess grew so accustomed to um, having control uh, over my consumption of content generally on yeah the web and 
TikTok literally exists. Uh, it is the polar opposite of control. Yeah, yeah. You're just like spoon fed video after video, and it very closely measures your reaction to it. Um, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it, I, it, it, no, it creeps me the fuck out. Like, I can't ever be on it for more than like a minute because I, I just feel like I'm losing my mind. And I feel like everybody talks about the TikTok algorithm as if it were sentient. And like, it, that okay, it's it not, creeps it's me not, out. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, much less sexy that. than that, like, though. I don't it's want actually a relationship like that in my life <laughs> with an okay, algorithm. So the problem is, it's much less sexy. It, it is not sentient. It's not anywhere close. It's not, it just happens to be really competent. Uh, and the reason why is because of a specific implementation of, um, God, I don't even know, I'm beyond in jargon, but it's like very, very specific information gathered about how you move a video on the screen, about your actual scrolling. That I found, I, I found out this advantage, like that that was the basically the definitive advantage of TikTok recently because I read like uh, an entire academic paper for like the first time in years, like from cover to cover. Um, yeah, there was a yeah, good, I, th I think Reply All, the podcast did a good episode about it recently. And there was like, uh, yeah, and then they had somebody on who also read a good essay, wrote a good essay about it that I've skimmed, but haven't like read in depth. But I, can, I think a lot of the takeaways was, yeah, like it really is good at closely monitoring exactly how you interact with the content that it puts in front of you. Um, and it all obviously ha like has total control over your attention because it's this like endless stream of, well, of that, things like kind of. No, it, it's just it's designed to have you opt in. It, like it's not mal. Sorry, I'm, but like this really frustrates me because I know that we want to go to it being this big, dark story. I actually wrote a very I spent a lot of my time writing um, what I thought was going to be an original academic paper criticizing Facebook. Uh, but not the business, not the company, not whatever, not the culture, literally just this, the way that the big blue website, facebook.com is designed to, instead of being a tool, it just do around. But anyway, um, and everyone, anytime I talked about it, um, and I, I know it's well-meaning and I appreciate being listened to, but people will come in and be like, oh, dark patterns, bro. Like, yeah, no, I'm not, not saying that I think TikTok is a dark pattern. I don't. In fact, I think like there's a lot of ingenuity. Like the first time I downloaded and opened the app, I was like, God damn, they've really like thought through all this shit that, you know, is very hard to do, like making a complex kind of little video editor that, you know, offers people just enough creativity and, and stuff like that. Like they they really, really have a lot of impressive like UX design baked into it. And I think that that's a lot of the reason for its success. So I'm not like saying it in a like big brother way. I'm saying that like it really, there's so much thought that's been put into that design that it really enables it to work in a way that like the fucking, you know, YouTube algorithm doesn't because it always comes back to like, how would you like to watch a Jordan Peterson video or whatever? Um, and on TikTok, somehow it seems like this much more organic feedback loop of like what you're actually interested in and and um, this like well, more, it, yeah. more like kind of more give and take interaction between the person and the content. Was um, it like but... it's designed not to be a platform for you to consume what you want. It's designed to determine along with you what you want. And that's like so the sorry, the the big difference uh, that I was trying to get to is that um it's 
all about having um I'm trying to think of the volition in your consumption of social media. That's the big the overwhelming difference that I see in these things. And it's it's very small. Um, for instance, I kept up with like 25, 30 YouTubers, uh, the same set, uh, actively. It was easy to keep up with those people for years because subscriptions were straightforward and there were no, like, the recommendations on YouTube were not extensive and pervading. Um, and now when I go on YouTube, I have no way, this is difficult to, to describe, it's not a, a piece of software for me to go find the thing that I knew I wanted to watch. It's designed to, like, yeah. throw shit at me. And that and is so significant because... Yeah. And that's like, very purposeful. Like, I, I and I feel like it's a certain level too of just visual junk, you know. Like, uh, like when I look at YouTube, and and it was the same thing with Tumblr, with like the ads and stuff like that. I'm like, there's just too much junk everywhere. Like things that I don't want to pay attention to that are vying for my attention. So yeah, it, it's definitely like a lot less. Yeah, it's definitely a lot less easy to like curate your experience in a in a more controlled way well the way that um yeah the the way that uh the big takeaway i guess that um i don't know Gio would probably say is basically all the like the reason why these things th these things have changed is they've gotten good at being businesses and it all like the common denominator among all of the like processes that i've talked about as as um being like you know more controllable and more optimal better places um like the universal truth is that none of them were making money uh except for a few like very rare um organizations like bandcamp is an exception uh notably like the a single exception. I spent a whole year of my life writing about that, like trying to find, um, basically trying to find out why they seem to be, uh, the, I don't want to say per like, they're just, they haven't fucked up at all. Uh, and when they do, they immediately talk about it and, and take action. And not only that, do they correct their mistakes? Oh God, I'm not going to start on this. Sorry. But they're thoughtful about how, like, the, uh, they have foresight, um, into how they want to design their, business going forward uh anyway yeah i mean they seem unlike like in contrast to other platforms built specifically for musicians that their main goal is to actually create kind of like good incentives between their business and the musicians like you basically that. got what it took me a year to say right there <laughs> Yeah, uh, so like they... yeah, yeah. It's basically like when the musicians do well, we do well. You know what I mean? So it's like that yeah, incentive that's... structure versus like Spotify, which is just like you know, we'll give you a fraction of <sighs> fraction of a. Of I a didn't even have to say it for Thank whatever. You, so um, you know, and and yeah. So like, you don't make any money unless you're fucking like Beyonce or whatever doesn't need more money. Um, yeah. Okay, so the thing about Spotify that I'll say, it's I'll just say one thing. Um, that element, yes, is problematic. But that's kind of the problem with Spotify distinctly is how much they invest in uh their narrative being a place to discover music. When okay, so I forget the metric. I should literally just have it like I don't know, uh, in a shortcut on my phone right now or by now. Um, it's let's see, I believe it is like ninety nine percent of the bandwidth. No, I'm not even gonna try. It's it's in a post somewhere that I've posted. But basically, uh, Spotify is the opposite of a place to discover music. Um, and yet they more than any other service, like literally, go to the app store right now. Uh, the last time I checked, it's literally like the app name is Spotify discover something uh 
yeah, I'll shut up about that, though. Does anyone want to talk about something non-media industry-related slash hear from someone other than me? Or me. <laughs> I mean, this is I, this is interesting, though. Like, this is the first space I've joined where I've actually felt like I've had, like, a meaningful dialogue with somebody that I've, like, never talked to before. <laughs> this is how it used to be all the time on, on Twitter. That was the distinct thing about Twitter. But, yeah, I'm so glad, so glad that you said that and that I could maybe like uh haphazardly provide that because that is the only reason that um it's like once you've used social media as as much as i have well actually i probably should have come to this conclusion a long time ago i'm a 27 year old man uh but i just realized recently that i should be intentional about adding value to other people's lives uh and that should be my main goal on uh, social media because there's literally, professionally, um, there's no other reason, like reasonable reason. Oh, uh, thank you for listening, Aster. I really, uh, I like that you have the word internet archaeologist in your title specifically because I've been calling myself a software historian for a long time. I saw that. I think that might be why I followed you. I don't remember really how I count, but it was sometime in May. Is really? I to narrow it down to. Well... Yeah. I have to say, I, I can't follow you back. <laughs> so is that, is this the, obviously like no pressure to, but uh, do you have this like weird ratio thing and you're still below the ratio? That's so funny. Um, so we just should do a campaign to get you a lot more follows so that you can no, follow No, 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 no. The real campaign, the real energy, po uh, positive energy to be invested is to get everyone on this. There's this alternative social media ser service that, uh, same the name, unfortunately, is Poison now. I should say, all the things that I've lamented so far uh, just aren't present on Mastodon. And the only reason that I'm still here, I've been on Mastodon for, uh, I was, I got the very first interview of the guy who made it, it was a big deal back then. Like I was, uh, I've been on Mastodon since 2017. And it's again, kind of like the Periscope thing where like every time I go on there, it's like 100% positive. And like, uh, the only reason I'm still here is because I have been completely ineffective at convincing. Okay, this is not the only reason. There's clearly other reasons. Uh, but like, I cannot get any of my friends to move. Um, and when I say move, it's not actually something you have to pick up and move. Uh, it's very, uh, there's like a process that people that we, um, we transition or not to Macedon. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I'm going to die before. Yeah. Um, before you leave Twitter, I I've sort of come to the same conclusion, even though I feel like I've gone through many phases where I'm like, mm, maybe I should just like log off this app forever. <laughs> well, okay. Um, you really should try Mastodon because there's, for one thing, there's no consequences. You have nothing to lose. But I found what I've what I've been trying to center on is something that I came, uh, sentence that I came across. Uh, so Mastodon is like Twitter, except imagine Twitter, but if it were built primarily to be good at what it does. So to be, if Twitter were built primarily, uh, to be a good social media software. Um, it is, Mastodon is still a for-profit business. Like the software is, is open source, but like the, the network is pretty much under. How many people use it though? Cause I feel like it's like you have to hit this critical mass of adoption. And unfortunately like, yeah, like it's, I, I feel like hit, that's something that's not always like I can tell easy you that, to um, achieve. I could very, very easily right now on my timeline uh, in Macedon, like I, I've got plenty of plenty of very interesting people to uh, there. Are, there are enough. Trust me. It's actually um, hmm, that's that's an issue that they uh, they just put out their quote unquote official iOS app, um, which is just a very, very uh, 
cute and thoughtful little social client. Um, so I, sp I spent most of the first part of this year writing about uh, literally writing an app guide for Mastodon iOS apps. I thought it was going to take me like a day and it took me like four months. Um, but uh, yeah, so I know that Mastodon, for whatever reason, <clears throat> I, I'm pretty sure it's that same thing with Periscope where it's literally like because it's just good. And when I say good, I, I mean from a technical standpoint overwhelmingly yes but it's not just the software it's the ideas around moderation notably and i think that they find like oigan the guys created it uh it's like he's he came to the conclusion that i have been with with the control thing a long time ago if you go to mastodon uh join mastodon.org uh it says social media back in your hands which sounds like a platitude right except that's literally the difference it's just uh it is actively built and iterated and maintained on um, to try to give you, give people and communities and individual people uh, as many different uh, like powerful ways of controlling their social media experience. And that sounds like, I don't know, uh, big like nuclear, it's literally down to just um, no algorithms, uh, which distinctly are, that is as a human, as a species, we're we're going to look back on this time and with great confusion when we realize that algorithms really are as random and incoherent as we, I mean, science fiction thought they were. Uh, and it's um, the open source thing kind of helps uh, in that it's completely transparent. Um, and that, God, even saying that word, they, like, so they I just, just downloaded the app and now it's like prompting me to join servers. Is it how would you compare Mastodon to like Discord? Because Discord is another thing that I really did using until like the past like year and a half, like COVID. And similar to what you've described with like Periscope and 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 Mastodon, I found it to be so pleasant because you know it's just communities mostly of people who I actually know or they're based on like interest like meaningful interests of things that I spend a lot of time like thinking and like talking yeah. and reading about and the um, policy decisions are in the hands of the community as mm -hmm. opposed to the platform yeah yeah uh, um, and I, I and I've been like so I and every time I go on it I'm like man why don't I spend more time on here than Twitter but somehow my I don't change my habits <laughs> And you it's know, maybe um, just because, like, people want bad shit, like, some of the time, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Discord originally started, and this is actually another... God, it seems like uh, I really think I'm some sort of proto... Uh, maybe I am actually, a like, a proto-authority on social media, of all things. But So I actually um, I launched an independent media company entirely on Discord uh, in 2015. 2016, sorry. Uh, I was a beta tester. Not that that was really significant. Other than it hasn't fucking changed significantly, except for, uh, yeah, Discord, um, it's, uh, like, back then, it was, for one thing, it, like, the gamer thing is, is, uh, not a restriction, like some people frame it as, but it also is a part of the identity, and that Discord was designed, um, to basically, like, be a modern solution to all the ancient-ass shit that we had to use in order to, to each other, uh, while playing video games. Uh, we were, it was literally before Discord, immediately before Discord, it was, you had to have a Ventrilo or TeamSpeak server, which were like, like those were things you had to pay for unless you like were part of an organization that had them. Uh, and IRC was the chat. Like it was a bunch of disparate things. And so Discord seemed like such a magic thing 
because um, it was actually, so this is another thing that is not clear in my opinion anymore. Uh, Discord was originally like, like browse, it was designed to be used in the browser exclusively. Uh, and I'm sorry, I won't, I won't go at like, but the, the important thing that no one see, remembers about Discord that uh, was behind, like decided to, to start a little media project on it is because um, there, so in Discord, I could set up a audio chat room. I could generate a URL that would invite someone, uh, anyone. Uh, let's say I'm interviewing, I don't know, uh, uh, one of the Tuskegee Airmen. So an ADN, uh, and got, but it has to be, you know, over the internet. So how the fuck am I going to do that in a way that's not complicated for him? And like, uh, so it was one link. And if you configured it, someone could click on that, not have to make an account. All they would have to do is confirm microphone and speaker access in the browser, and then they could just start talking in that audio room. And uh, this is very specific, but it is still worth mentioning. Uh, and the bit rate, there was nowhere else or anywhere on the like on the internet where you could get half the quality of that um, of that audio interaction. Uh, you could probably imagine like what an advantage that would be if I'm interviewing people uh, over the internet, right? Like, and apparently, um, I used to like I I used to write and like report like in my former life and career <laughs> and I would like I would be on my phone like putting it on speakerphone and then like trying to record it on like garage band on my laptop and like that did yeah. not work very well um, but I I think what discord really nails a lot is the permission stuff and like and like ease of like configuring a lot of that stuff and I think it helps too that their initial audience was gamers because they're not scared of that type of thing. You know what I mean? Whereas I feel like a lot of other apps, it's like, oh yeah, we could, you know, offer people a lot more like, you know, custom with, you know, all these settings and, and permissions and roles and all that stuff. But like, nobody's going to want that or whatever. Was, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, there's like rarely like a business case for that, you know? Um, Slack. Slack and Discord, uh, yeah, were and are basically identical, except for some authentic authentication shit. And the fact that like the only reason no one could like see that, uh, was because Discord called themselves a gamer thing and Slack called themselves a work thing. That dynamic drove me so nuts for so long. It's probably not actually significant, but God. Yeah, I mean Slack. And Slack itself came out of a gaming company. Like it was created by accident. It was like did it? I did not know that. Yeah. So it was a it was a tool that I think people created in house at their. They was like a little like indie gaming studio and it a better tool for like working, you know, together. Um, and I think that's a lot of the reason why Slack initially took off with like tech companies too, is because like. It, it's really, it's a really useful tool if you're working, if you're like collaborating on code, you know, like versus, I don't know, like fucking email or like, I don't know what people used like in the, in the pre Slack era. Yeah. Um, there are still open source, like, okay, the reason why I'll never actually be friends with the Linux guys and the open source guys, even though, like, we, I should be able to integrate with that community. Well, it's actually, well, it is just privacy and that I don't care about it silly to get a yeah, but like they still insist upon IRC. I don't know if you know, like if I, I've did. heard, I know about IRC. I've never used it. It was like sort of, I don't know. Just before. Yeah, just, 
Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I've heard people say things like, oh, yeah, Slack is just like a, a like repurposed IRC, you know, with like fancier UI and stuff like that. I actually I have a good Anyone friend. who says that did not use IRC because these <laughs> things were the notable saviors of anyone who's stuck. Like that's a yeah. Um, uh, but OK, so compare it. No, Mastodon is not like Discord. Uh, in this, I guess you could you could kind of say maybe it is sort of like the chronological timeline equivalent, public chronological timeline equivalent of Discord. Um, it's okay. It's much less complicated. Like I have, uh, I spent the vast majority of this year really. I invested a lot of time in writing about Mastodon. I've, I've, um, in trying to figure out a way, like the way to 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 articulate the truth about it. Because what I was gonna say is. You don't even have to worry about all the shit that people are going to start talking about when you ask them about Mastodon. Like the like the, all the ideological shit doesn't you don't actually need to know anything about it. The simple unsaid truth is that it's just a better experience. Um I do not give a single shit about privacy. Uh I am a very superficial person, like a very bitchy superficial person. I like things that like treat me well. Um, like I said, it, what I talked about at Tweetbot, like it, it literally pampers me. Uh, and like, yeah, that's that's how Mastodon feels. It's just if. Yeah. So okay. So which servers should I join? Mastodon not social. Okay. Because that's very uh server. So and, also, and do they use is server like it's interesting this nomenclature that's popped up because that's another thing that Discord uses. Um. You know, so, yeah, and it's actually um, that's the, the conversation that this would lead us down w is so much more simple federation and uh, decentralization in terms of how they are manifested in Mastodon are so much less complicated than um, I don't know anyone assumes. Okay, so I like uh, the sort of abstracts that are that you need to be able you know to identify to understand it how it works um i am not good at that like i've never i've never been that sort of person and like i i still do not uh i can look i cannot look at code and understand what's happening and i've just had to accept that and i've spent a lot of time trying but um you don't need to it's literally just uh hmm. again i guess i've i've spent all this time i've still failed so why i said mastodon.social and that would be a very controversial thing if if, a, if another mastodon ideological user were overhearing me say that to you and just oh yeah just just do mastodon.social because they'd be like oh that's about certain choice yes except the thing that people uh the biggest issue in my opinion is that people talk about joining these things as if there's some big risk. Um, every single, so the, the, like, one of the popular servers that you'll see has banned, like, uh, has competently banned Nazi content, child porn, uh, and what, like, when it happens, the swiftness with which they come down, uh, like, maybe some, someday to, the the story about Gab, uh, should really sell everyone on this, quote, unquote, sell. Capitalism's a real problem, but, uh, so, uh, it's not, like, if you just join Mastodon.social. Looking at it, and it says some ground rules, blah, 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 and it's, like, no racism, sexism, blah, 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 no harassment, and then the fifth one is no content illegal in Germany. Yeah, that's because, um... It's really so fucking is, funny. Does Germany have, like, special well, social media rules or something? They do, notably, and they're actually very interesting. Germany does not have any of the problems that the United States has because of what some people in the United States might call they don't have uh, the freedom of speech. 
However, it's such an advantage. Anyway, I'm not yeah, yeah, no, I don't. So, uh, yeah, the free um, speech Oigen thing Lushko, is uh, who, who's the uh, so Oigen's the guy. Uh, I I am the only. I'm still the only person to date who has interviewed him as an actual person. Uh, even though my interview was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was way back in 2017. Um, he's a guy. He's a software developer, young man. Uh who lives in Germany, um, and from, like, a legal perspective, uh, he is basically solely, like, legally responsible. He is the business of Mastodon. Of course, with that, really, he's got a Patreon, and, like, you can, you can, he, he uh, works with people to, uh, to make a good social media, uh, service, um, and that, that's the gist. So, like, the reason why, uh, Mastodon.social in particular has that, and um, is because uh, Mastodon.social is quote unquote the main server. You can think of it that way. It's really just the one that uh, Oigan started with. Mm -hmm. uh, um, the big so I'm my primary account is on Mastodon.social. Uh, it has been for years. Um, the reason why I tell you as a new user to go there specifically is because of something called cross posting, which is in my opinion the best way to start on Mastodon. There is a like it will take you two seconds and it's very configurable. You can make it so that anytime you tweet, uh, that tweet will be posted on oh, Mastodon. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, I like knew about this. And uh, it, like for most people, at least I, I still have not had the opportunity to put this to the test. Uh, I think they should do it how I did it, which is basically I set up cross posting and then I kind of fucking forgot about Mastodon. And then when I remembered and I came back, uh, there had been a bunch of engagement, uh, as in like human engagement, not like, you know, uh, actual humans had engaged with the content that had been posted there, even though it was clear that, uh, it, it was coming from Twitter. Um, so why I said this Mastodon.online is like, uh, I guess that's the only other destination I have in terms of Mastodon and the, it just does not allow cross-posting, so... Oh, I just, I, you totally did not need to know about that. That was... No, it's interesting. I'm I'm just, like, clicking around on it now. And I, I see the similarities between Twitter, but it also, yeah, like, really, if, there's, yeah, like, it's, it, it's like Twitter, more but, going um, on. If it were built to be, like... It, like, so not were, shitty. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, fucking, I've talked about it enough. No. I, what something I want you to know, uh, if you don't like the way the uh, quote unquote official Mastodon app is, there are literally over uh, a dozen actively maintained uh, somehow each unique uh, clients for Mastodon on iOS specifically. Basically, like yeah, they they let developers actually like well, you just have a do choice what they want with it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um. What's your Mastodon? So, uh... I don't have any followers or anybody I'm following, so I you, have to start somewhere. If you search Dave Blue in the search field of Mastodon, I think what happens is, like, this overwhelming cacophony of, of accounts from across the Fediverse that I should not have set up. Uh, but, let's see. It's... So, the way to get there is to go to mastodon.social slash at, the at symbol, David Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like Twitter, like me being on Twitter at David Blue, except there's an at symbol in there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think I found you. And then when you get there, it will do this weird thing where it Oh, will... whoa, it still has stars, dude. This is like old school Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is literally the first time of what the fuck is happening? I've just on my blog that works incredibly well all the time and it's not. What, <laughs> what the fuck is actually happening right now? Um, so 
I was looking at, so like, you know, instead of faving tweets with hearts, they still have stars. Yes. Yes. Um, And okay. So that's like a thing. Just thinking about it. The word like, like as in liking something, the verb liking something makes so much more sense. Like from a, then saying I favorite, right? Because basically if you're like me, you just favor everything. And if everything's your favorite, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, when I first started using Twitter, I really assumed that faving was like bookmarking. And I'm like, oh, yeah, these are tweets that I'll want to save and like look back on. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to me, starring something and like usually just in the context of modern user interfaces, like starring is like a kind of bookmarking, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but in, in this app it's like more akin to liking and then i you know yeah i like like almost every fucking tweet i see so now i have like how many likes do i have oh it won't tell me anymore that sucks but it's uh at least not on ios but i have like a very embarrassing amount of likes oh, <laughs> on oh, twitter yeah um i've you cannot um sorry i'm just figuring out how to feature this tweet oh it's my pinned tweet uh this is like visually at least interesting um you can ignore all the editorialization uh i don't know why anyone else isn't freaking out about this i don't understand why the developers don't feel because they're anyway um yeah so uh you should not feel guilty at least compared to someone like me i i have multiple systems of archiving and automation uh that i've lost track of that every time i favorite something on twitter they uh, like you know some of them just save the link some of them save a screenshot and i've just forgotten about those things uh so don't worry don't ever feel embarrassed about the amount of curation that you've done because um i guarantee you there's actually a lot of people like that uh that set up those things um yeah but for me it's like i've like physically liked like that many tweets <laughs> yeah which is fine like i mean it's like that's like for a, that's a while a thing. i i guess like for a while um i forget i don't know what twitter was trying to do again like you never really know but i there were a few weeks where i couldn't like anything because i think i had been there had been probably some code change that are you sure it was a few weeks and not like maybe a day and then immediately happened very like much Okay, so yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's like they'd obviously made some code change that's like that would like almost like rate limit your liking. Uh, yeah, um, that has been in place. It's called it was originally called Twitter Jail. Sorry, I uh, am someone who for a long time this is going to be uh, difficult to. I'm sorry, I've actually no, that's not correct. Twitter Jail is referring to when you post too much. Um, yeah, which is something when I got home or when you get like sort of banned or whatever or like. Or somebody who's like reporting your tweets for because they're like you know dipshits or whatever. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I have no idea. Considering that um, none of those processes will ever be, I've tried to keep to actively prevent myself from speculating about proprietary software. Uh, and this is something I've tried to do for my own wellness, and I failed uh, and continue to fail. But um, yeah, so like you probably hit the like limit. And then something about it, uh, okay, like, I don't know, I've probably already communicated this by now. It was probably an unintentional change, or at least a change that was implemented and was not designed to do that at all. Um, and like people, I, I used to be the person that was like, oh, maybe 
Maybe Twitter is doing this for this reason. No, I've looked at yeah, the yeah, I've yeah. looked at the documentation. I've looked at the history over time. Nothing. Okay, for instance, have you heard the vo- the vo- voice transformer thing yet? Do you have that in Spaces? No. Okay, here we go. They uh, they uh, implemented this instead of making this is a reliable. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah. Um. Ah, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's really terrible. I hate it. <laughs> um. And they. Okay. So they mentioned it once, and. There, it is not clear to whom they give it to. Just, okay, just imagine if, if, uh, I don't know. Mastodon is basically, like, every single thing like that public. The decisions are made publicly, not necessarily, a, you know, in a democratic way, but, like, every single change is documented. Um, and it's not, like, even, like, a, to be transparent, it's just, we made the documentation, uh, so it might as well be public. Right. And, like, the reason why my bio says docs, bitch, is because, like, uh... Yeah, you brought up documentation a lot, which is cool. Like, I like... There's a reason I, for that, I, and it's because it stopped being done. Literally, yeah. like, I don't care, I never cared about it before, uh, like, yeah, I guess, you know... If I ever had made a piece of software, which will never happen, it would probably be, like, mediocre to poorly documented. Um, yeah, the but, thing like, about documentation, like, having been in, like, no company does it well. Like, uh, at least that that I've heard of yet or worked at. I mean, so maybe... So saying that implies that, like, they have... Okay, I'm sorry. That's a defeatist thing to say... Oh, they yeah. just don't it, do it, it well. It totally is. But but it's like informed by, you know, my experience of like US tech and media companies who by and large, like don't have to give a shit about it. You know, and that's the and, problem. And that's the reason and why Doc's bitch is in my bio. And that's the yeah, reason why I'm yeah. sweating talking about it. Uh, <laughs> literally my life project, and this is going to sound, this is ridiculous. Okay. Um, my, my main project right now, uh, it feels like God's calling in the way that my family talks about. Uh, so the iPhone, iPhone has been able to be used with a Bluetooth keyboard since 2011. I did so. I chose to, instead of getting a new laptop, uh, going to community college, I got an iPhone 4 and a Bluetooth keyboard, um, and I never stopped. And Apple, I mean, if you, I guess if you really actually found it interesting, you could just go through, uh, my timeline is just me trying to very nicely get Apple to, um, in some instances, like, acknowledge that it, that it ha- is a thing. Uh, and not just Apple, but developers too. I'm not, I will not, I should really ban that as a topic, but it's on the documentation thing. It's literally, um, they, I'm talking about tables of keyboard shortcuts. They, that exist somewhere, definitely. Um, especially because they are, so keyboard shortcuts for Bluetooth keyboards, as in, I can go in TweetBot, I can hit command, uh, comma, and that opens the settings menu in TweetBot, um, et cetera, et cetera. This is like using a, yeah, so like you're using a Bluetooth, a wireless keyboard to navigate an iPhone. Yes. Um, Okay. See, that's probably unusual. I bet not a lot of that. And again, and this is like how, you know, a lot of software winds up being like horrible in terms of like accessibility and stuff like that is because... Where like the you know companies will be like oh we don't have the like quote unquote resources to care about yeah, this small fraction of user that yeah. like uses you know keyboards or screen readers to navigate or whatever and then they just it's like well we don't have to care about them be for business reasons so like we can just continue to like marginalize these people. Yeah, and that's um, normal. I mean, honestly, for most other uh, situations, other than the most valuable company in the history of the world, um, I have excused it. But like, okay, I'm 
This has literally made me, I've been ostracized because of this idea that I, there is no exception. It is absolutely unacceptable. And what I was about to say to give you, I'm actually, what I'm actually talking about are literally think of a table, like an Excel spreadsheet, just two columns on one, on one side is the actual command. So like, right, command comma. And then on the, in the, in the other column is what that command does. Um, and suggesting so like Apple's native apps all have keyboard shortcuts. Um, God, I'm telling the story, but it is, in my opinion, like, again, I don't actually think that this is the end of the world. Oh yeah, what I was gonna say, no, not many people do this. Um, and I like the, the distinction that I would like to make is I believe it to be a fundamentally absurd, really irrational thing to do to spend a lot of time doing it, even though I do do it. Uh, my reasons for doing so may be vaguely, vaguely, vaguely accessibility related, but, uh, I have discovered that the people who do, um, it is largely an accessibility concern and they long ago, it's, uh, discovering how basically the blind and low vision community has completely given up on any sort of comprehensive support long ago. Like they literally, they write their own documentation. Uh, incredible. But yeah, that's, it's a good story. Um, unfortunately I'm coming to the point where literally like, it's clear that I'm not going to get Apple to publish this documentation anywhere. And I say documentation again, we are literally talking about two columns, maybe a dozen rows for each of their, uh, let's see, 30 native iOS apps. Among those, um, I think maybe 17 or 18 have anywhere extensive support. That's I'm asking them to make those public, uh, to make those commands public. That's it. And people literally, uh, <laughs> I was kicked out of a, um, discord server for, um, asking how I could go about most productively, um, responding to an Apple developer who, uh, in response to me, I'm like, Hey, so I know you guys are busy right now, but, um, when you split off the iPad from the iPhone, it took all the documentation of the keyboard shortcuts with it. And I know you're still developing on those is where should I send users for documentation of your native app support of the shortcuts and the guy was literally like, uh, well, there shouldn't, there shouldn't be any difference. And when I say the guy, they are all anonymous, anonymized Apple developers, uh, or Apple employees. They, which is utterly bizarre to me. Um, these are like on their help forums or whatever. On their developer forums specifically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so his, uh, name is frameworks engineer. So I will, I, for a while, I, actually, you know what I should do is I should automate it because I can. It probably wouldn't be that difficult to find every single uh, public, like, like frameworks engineer working for Apple right now that has a public Twitter account and just like, I'm not, I, it is me being critical of the company. I, but like in the most minuscule way, um, yeah. So I'll stop talking talking about it, but I, this is like, it's bordering on changed my life. Uh, and it's very difficult to explain to people that of course it's not actually about the fucking tables. It's about the, like the innate, um, frankly, uh, we're talking about little boys who don't want to put their laundry away. Uh, instead, instead they want to, you know, play a video game or like they can't set a Rubik's cube down long enough to like, uh, put out the house fire. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the most powerful I, I mean, companies in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the reality of how those companies operate, like ha you know, ha having been on a couple engineering teams and like knowing people who are, is that like you know, a lot of people like they they want better documentation, like even just for like internal usage and stuff like that. Um, 
and people are passionate about it and will advocate for it. But if it's not something that, you know, matches like the business priorities, yeah, and it's yeah. not and something I, that people are going to put money on or even make somebody's job, make somebody accountable to it, then it's just not going to fucking happen. Well, I think um, in notably every other case. In every other case, uh, that is not as like a justifiable dynamic. That is really not a big deal. It's specifically because of the level of excess that Apple. Um, oh yeah, come on. Like, yeah, if like, I were Apple, like the I amount of profit they make and the amount of money that like anybody who works there, like at least at that level, like probably it's makes. A, yeah, it's a vanity thing for me, in my opinion. Like, if I were Apple, if I were Tim Cook, I would like I, I would be ash- utterly ashamed of the idea. Or like, if I found out that. A feature that, I don't know, five people on Earth have been using. Maybe a feature that wasn't even supposed to be there, that accidentally was there. Um, I would immediately make sure that that was resolved in some way. Whether it be a removal, uh, it would be, like, resolved and publicly addressed. And, like... Well, it's clearly not the type of thing that, like, represents, like, a big risk to them in terms of, like, and scandal. We, and, 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 like, most, is, like, that's the reason most, why everything is crumbling, though, is because of basic... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Like most, you know, and because like if you look at how, for instance, Facebook has operated and continues to operate in terms of like covering their asses, it's very much driven by, you know, what has the potential to blow up in their faces in a big public way, you know. Yeah, but they're, so, they're notably they're great at documentation, although, you know, seeing it is not uh, like for the technical side, they're great at documentation. And now like. I'm in a way that makes Twitter especially look absurd. Uh, like that's uh, going back to like Twitter's negligence specifically or, or whatever the fuck. Uh, it's yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't know how to like not be emotional about this, but I I have to also recognize that it is only because I'm not like it's because somehow this notion is confusing the people. And the more, like, that I, uh, like, I get, maybe it's just me trying to articulate it in different ways, but just, I'm not talking about a crusade. I'm not, I'm just, like, and I believe it to be in the best interest of all people. And the fact oh, yeah, that I haven't had to no, say this many words about it, like, I've said so many more to former Apple employees, to um, other people involved in the iOS community. And somehow, every single time, it ends up in, like... <laughs> Uh, in people that I genuinely believe to be intelligent and honestly, um, at least somewhat self-aware in every other aspect of their, uh, like, middle-class white, 40-something white guy affection for everything Apple does. Um, and I am not, I have literally been kicked out because, uh, suggest <laughs> for asking how I could be less disruptive in having this conversation. That's funny. And yeah, now I feel like I I'm mean, just it's, it's like this typical sort of, like, tone policing and, like, I'm sure that you know, like you mentioned, so like, you know, people who are blind or, you know, have like vision impairment and the ways that like tech companies have failed them. Like, I think across the disability spectrum, like it's just, it's well known that like, you know, people don't like, first of all, like when you make things more accessible, when you do it's like I forget what it's called the I I have only sort of skimmed the surface of like disability studies but there's this concept in it that like if you make something that makes it something more accessible like say like a a a ramp or what are those sidewalk curves like dips for wheelchairs or whatever like if you make something that benefits dis disabled people it'll 
eventually it will be also benefit everybody. Like there's I mean, this like in the most capitalist way too. Yeah. That, hey, yeah. now uh, a bunch of fucking wealthy blind people can come into my store and waste a bunch of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Totally. So there's this concept and it's like, but still, if you're somebody who gets a little bit like too passionate about it, um, you know, as, as judged by sort of like what the norms are, um, you know, which are going to be like around, uh, like people who are, you know, more neurotypical and like, not you know disabled then like then you will meet you know resistance because i think people feel like you know they're being judged or or whatever for yeah for, you know and it's oh, like and this. they I, yeah I get and it. they are and it's but you know it, but it is a failure and the least they can admit is that like it, it yeah, that they're failing <laughs> yeah well you know it's like as someone who um i should say i am entirely new to this conversation I remember, and I know that dynamic distinctly, of any time I just see the word accessibility, being like, oh, I don't have to worry about that. And that has some, that has partially to do with, um, like, some of my, my family history. But, uh, so, you know, uh, the element that makes, that kind of ties it together, you know what company is widely regarded by the accessibility community, in fact, uh, as overwhelmingly better than everyone else in accessibility is Apple. And that's true. If you actually, well, um, well, yeah, I was actually just, yeah, I've recently been digging into this, the accessibility settings on my phone and there are, them, um, and it is like, I dare you a lot more than keyboard out and turn on full apps. keyboard access Yeah, on your phone. Um, I triple, I dare you to do that. I actually think, I don't know. Um, I should start threatening people. <laughs> um, God, if I had unlimited resources uh my solution would not be to somehow get myself martyred over this uh i don't know i like the image of me tackling tim cook with a keyboard and my phone in my hand um and then like a bullet hole through the keyboard uh this is the kind of thing that i spent time doing instead of actually just writing the fucking documentation but uh <laughs> yeah because that was going to be my next question is like in the absence of these types of things what often winds up happening is you know, communities are relied on to kind of make their own accessibility tools and resources, you know? So and, I'm surprised oh that there isn't already like some page somebody's made that like has these things that you, that, you know, yeah. you're wanting Apple to be. Well, as someone who has been doing this and knowing that it's odd for a long time, like it was a very like low level frustration. What I've discovered is that, and what I'm trying to do very simply is unify those of us that have come to this conclusion uh, and collaborate. And like, I don't know how to be a community person, but I have accepted that if this is gonna happen, it's gonna be me. Um, and it is like the one unique contribution that I can make, uh, I hope. Uh, basically, yeah, it's like um, the the keyboard shortcuts are scattered. Uh, all of it, like I've found a lot of like the beginning of a project to, to document keyboard shortcuts for whatever. Um, oh my God, here's something that I've been doing. Um, when an app supports keyboard shortcuts on iPhone, but there's a differentiation from the way it supports on iPad, what I do is I just write their documentation and email it to them. Uh, and I'm just like, hey, you don't have to acknowledge that I did this. You can just, uh, you don't have to put it up, but here it is. Uh, because I don't, you know, I there's literally a thing that the system will do. It automatically generates these. That's a, that's the other thing that I should know is that uh, iOS is very clever, particularly uh, in that there's a menu. There's a someone developed a menu um, that 
the phone literally knows what the commands, it goes into its code and it makes the associations and then it prints them in real time. And it, if that makes sense. This is something that completely boggled my mind because like every other sort of documentation like that, somebody, you know, just knew and they wrote a static page or whatever. Um, but yeah, they, this, the thing that I've asked them to do is actually are already automated. Um, yeah, you mean they already have a system for like producing the system does it, it does it itself in real so like yeah for, uh if you okay the best if you have an ipad this is the big thing um you can and you pair a bluetooth keyboard with it you hold down the command key and a guide pops up of shortcuts and that's what i'm talking about is that guide is actually generated by the system in that it recognizes in real time what the commands are associated with as opposed to you know written in the past by someone and it could be forgotten about and go out of date mm -hmm. so I don't know. I know this is like not. So it's so it's like to... somewhat self-documenting. I mean, in that case, that means that like theoretically, one should be able to write a program that would produce this documentation in that case, you're looking well, it, for. The program exists, and I mean, the output is somewhere in there. Uh, I I don't even expect that. I would just like them to have that be publicly documented. Like I know that's what I'm saying. It is like the the <laughs> the myriad details in just how little uh I am. Like asking or suggesting of anyone in this, and it continues to add, like, get greater and greater as I go. It's like literally when you were talking about, you know, businesses don't take the time. Even if Apple wasn't, they've already taken the time for one thing. Uh, someone was obviously invested in this, and it just de got deprecated. It would. I mean, we're talking about I don't know, and I really don't know that much about software development, but I can't imagine most bureaucratic organization spending more than five, uh, 12 man hours on doing this. I mean, we like, again, it's not that many applications. I'm just talking about Apple's own apps. And this is like extreme to ask. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, Let me yeah. Ban this topic. I mean, it's no, 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 it's okay. I, I mean, I, I, it is something that is like kind of within my realm of interest um so and it's interesting to hear about because i feel like it's hard to go up against these big tech companies and a lot of times the ways that you have to do it are kind of not the more effective ways often aren't just like directly asking them or reaching out or going through their like customer service or whatever but actually just like shaming them <laughs> on social media and, and, that's what I do. Yeah. and, and getting and going negative, like, like basically getting the public pressure type of campaigns. Like I, yeah, like, and that will some, never happen from my, because standpoint. they're, because they react to that, you know, like they, it's, it's a question to them of like, of like PR strategy and brand control and all that shit. Like if they have a lot of people, you know, tweeting at them or like message posting stuff on like public platforms about shitty experiences and or just generally like, hey, you're not doing well on accessibility and trying to cancel them for that. Like that. I mean, that does have an impact because, again, like that's something that they care about. Like they want to look good in the eyes of the public and all that shit. So. Yeah, I don't think, um, I mean, so notably, all of these dynamics, absolutely, I think you're 100% spot on. But if, if I guess uh, the other, another consideration 
is that I actually am totally new to doing any sort of detailed shit with proprietary software. Like my entire experience up to up to this year was, and it wasn't extensive, but like uh, my contributions and engagement and conversations were all about um, open source software. Uh, almost in every case, not about like ideologically open source necessarily. Um, and just the amount of problems that immediately don't exist. And I know there are a lot of problems that are that do come up. But for instance, um, like in, in, in cases like this specifically, uh, if Apple was an open source, a tiny open source company, and the same thing was happening, um, even at, like they would just get back to me. And you know what they would probably say is like, oh shit, we didn't even mean to leave those in there. So what you've actually done is just get them removed. Uh, or like maybe we'll remove them at some point or be like, uh, yeah, we're just, yeah. We're just not going to document it. Any sort of apply. That's the thing. Is it like it's the fact that like um I don't know. It proprietary software is so fucking bizarre from my perspective, and like the all of the implications. And I knew it was, but like um it's so silly. It is so fucking silly. Most of it, especially uh when it is like in Apple's case. I don't know. It's a big fucking organization with a lot of considerations that uh, I don't, I'm sure I'll never understand. But like when you're talking about things like Skype, okay? Like I, I had a conversation with a Microsoft developer who was on the Skype team in 2021. And he was very, very hesitant to say anything about his job generally. And I'm like, dude, how the fuck? Okay, if I went- Well, and people I... like have to sign NDAs and shit like that. Okay, yes, you know? but I understand. But I'm not talking about actually revealing anything. I'm not talking about breaking an NDA. I'm talking about his like, okay, if I signed an NDA to like a regular proprietary NDA as a member of the Skype team, I would sign that like, I, I believe in that. Okay, like I I understand the agreement. Um, I'm accepting it. That's not, it's the mysticism around it. Like the- uh, Paranoia. That's the. That's like the most bizarre thing. Like, Can you give I, me an like, example? Um, like what do you think he could say hypothetically, but he hesitant to. That particular conversation, like I, it was so weird that I, uh, God, I okay, um, I needed to stop real quick because he wasn't even. It was on a Twitter space, and he had come in, and I was also a guest, and I started off. You know, just me, Joshin. Um, for one, I should also. I have weird ties. We like Joshin to Microsoft, and I. Uh, their story, specifically, having been like an explicitly malicious uh, organization that cost all of us so much. It cost uh, the general abstract development of uh, computing and software, and killed so many wonderful ideas for no other reason other. Than uh killing them and ha like like the the ways that they've been reforming um so <laughs> what i try to say is i like microsoft that's uh a lot i have a bias toward microsoft uh and that's even an with that bias this guy was utterly put off by the idea that by the suggestion that i would talk about it and like dude hey. okay for one thing he identified himself as a microsoft employee on the Skype team. And like So what you're saying that what this person specifically didn't like was you like criticizing the software in any way or no, like okay. me continuing that con like me uh addressing he had uh introduced himself. It's just be like, oh hey, you know, how's that going, man? And that just didn't get it. Utterly put off by it. Uh and then of course my reaction is to be like, I'm really trying to figure out like what what's the actual cause, right? Like does he just not want to fucking talk about it because of the time of day? Uh, which that would be, you know, 100% understandable. It's it's the, I guess it really is like not addressing it or just 
acting like flaky. I, I really, without an actual um, transcript of this conversation, it wasn't very long. It was just so weird to me. And what I, what I wanted to say was like, and this is a joke, but like if I went right now and leaked the entire source code of Skype, who would notice? And I know that like, I'm not saying that that should be done or that that wouldn't be, uh, even still, it would be like the worst reason to get fired from, <laughs> uh, but when, if there's like, it's the, the, what makes the paranoia, okay, is not, uh, it's when there's no, there are no enemies. There aren't, nobody is trying to get any, nobody's interested in the Skype source code. I'm not interested in, in hearing any actual details. Right, I just want to chat. That's it's it's responding to just the most casual. Um, I don't know. Communicate. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't. I should not speak as if I know definitively what I'm saying because it's what I'm really saying is that that conversation was just infinitely confusing, and I I just cannot understand, and I want to understand why. Um, it, it's it's like it's kind of an extreme example of something that I've encountered more broadly with software people. Uh, I don't know. Like I grew I. I Grew up on a farm. I live in the Midwest. Uh, I interned for quote unquote interned. It was more like babysitting for uh, this company that like built the uh, <laughs> the original uh, GPS. Um, so the trucker people that built software that tracked trucks. Three dudes in a little office, and like I don't know, there was no paranoia involved in that, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I think that like especially the rep that places like like Apple being the worst of them um, have is being hyper hyper secretive and well, I think in, in a lot of cases to, that is justified though yeah to an extent that but it's like they take it to like such a ridiculous extent like i remember that the ads person developer at the um i i don't know like he would at my last place of work he would always complain about having to work with apple because of the like ridiculous sort of bureaucratic processes that you'd have to go through and like the type of like they'd have to have always have like a legal person like sitting in on their calls that were like pretty inconsequential calls between like not you know super powerful people or anything but, but wouldn't like, you though if you had the money that's that's part of a yeah i think it's because like these tech companies are all you know, they're all sort of competing against each other to be like the one true whatever, like eye of Sauron that like owns it all and knows everything. But to some extent, Why? I see them as part of the same money way because they all poach each other's talent and ideas. And you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's it's really stupid. It's just, you know, the form of capitalism that we happen to be living under right now <laughs> yeah um and yet the reason i've invested so much in this is because i distinctly i i don't know how to organize the society but it's just in in ways that i do know what the results that i can definitively speak on at with authority like the lack of bluetooth keyboard shortcuts documentation i just um i don't know it's i guess what i ultimately what i really am saying is that uh it's insane it is okay. The original converse, the topic of conversation, I was fifteen. Um, is a is a more I don't know topical less. Uh, it, it's a better topic, I guess. I don't know how much you guys know about it, but uh, I have basically decided that I'm going to um. Well, it's turned into me trying to find anything of significant value, um, or even worthy of mention for my family. 
as like representing uh like the majority of iPhone users specifically, I, like Apple's a lot of things, but it's important to note that you know iPhone is sixty percent of their revenue uh still, and um this is something that I've so iPad is a toy, right? Basically, I'm not saying that that's all it is, but it's like a uh, for most customers, most of those however many billions of people that own an iPhone, their phone is much more of a utility than it is a toy. As someone that has had an iPhone since the very first one and been the iPhone guy, like, I can, I, I am the guy who, who sees it as a toy, right? Uh, and it is absolutely unacceptable how much of their time and energy is being spent to make things for people like me, specifically... Uh, okay, let me be specific. So, um, in Apple Maps, uh, coming on iPhone, uh, there is now a beautiful, full, high frame rate, 3D, like, render of the whole Earth, and you can, like, move around it. It's better than Google Earth, okay? Um, and you can do that, uh... Even in the in the CarPlay view, um, and while they added that and spent time adding that, they did not add what has been overwhelmingly the most like at least uh, I've heard this over and over again. The speed limit thing doesn't appear unless you're getting directions, and if you know what I'm talking about, like when you're driving with a phone and it's paired to your infotainment system, and your phone knows the speed limit of the road, and it displays it, um, that, I like, don't have a driver's license, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 and it is difficult. As someone who, cars were a very important part of my life, uh, and then I lost my license, uh, that's, I'm on the tail end of that. I'm learning a lot about the rest of the world. But, uh, it's, like, just, um, okay, let me, the words that, uh, Craig Federighi began WWDC with. Clearly, I'm going, it's probably worth it. I don't know. Uh, if you're wind of the safari controversy at all. Uh, you'll have to be, like, a lot more specific. No, I'm, no, because you don't want to know. Okay. Um, and it's impossible to describe. Where are you? I mean, as a developer, safari is definitely my enemy compared to other browsers. Like, it is the new IE. So WebKit is the, um, yeah. I mean, how am I failing to do this? Fuck. Uh, I'm, like, failing to navigate my word processing software. Clearly, I just cannot um, multitask in even the most... Multitasking is fake. It's a lie. But yeah, what what was your initial, like, what were you trying to figure out about, like, iOS 15 or whatever? Um, okay, what I was trying to... My point is that basically none of it is relevant to the vast majority of iPhone users. Um, and it, which wouldn't, on, it literally would not be a problem if Apple was like, yeah, so iPhone is um, like, I know that, like we've basically taken care of it as a phone. So we're just gonna continue down the direction of making it more delightful. Uh, but here's what they say still. I would just, I would actually quote, for many of us, our iPhone has become indispensable and at the heart of iPhone is iOS. iOS powers the experiences we come to rely on. This year we were inspired to create even more meaningful ways iPhone could help you. That's actually a really generic statement, right? But that's the f the way that Craig Federighi began the very first iOS 15 presentation. And it, and if you actually, like, you don't have to, but look at the bullet points of that presentation and tell me where the fuck there's anything that is more meaningful or that adds meaning uh, or makes iPhone more helpful to the vast majority of people. There are, there are things like actually there are there are definitive things like um uh but like they make up such a small portion of the changes and 
Um, if okay, if one thing is like, I feel at least from my perspective, and it is a very like specific one because I was reading tech media, like the same tech media people that I read today, Joanna Stern, Neil I. Patel, Dieter Bone, uh, those people were like gadget bloggers when I was like 15. And I've been reading them and like, I never stopped reading them, you know? Uh, and it's not just, it's not, it's like the organizations too. Um, and they have gone from like, I don't know, seeing, uh, when companies did stupid shit and at least laughing at it to, uh, I mean, I don't know where their head's at. I don't know how the fuck, um, it's just, it's because they live in California, but, uh, so you're, you're saying, saying that like, they've become, that the tech media has become like even more like sort of sycophantic and unwilling to criticize? It's not even unwilling. They're very interested in criticizing. It's the focus of the criticism. And like, again, I don't even think this should be the majority, the vast majority of the shit uh, that's on my blog. Actually, all of it is stuff that I do not believe should be like part of a gr of a large conversation at all. Uh, but like, it is stuff that... um. <sighs> It's stuff that would have been and criticized openly uh, by, uh, oh God, I don't want to actually name like the old wire or something because that, that's a stupid thing to say. But like, I don't know. They've lost perspective on how people actually use this shit or they've. Yeah, that doesn't uh, surprise me because it's kind of like, I feel like Apple a while ago has ceased to kind of do, you know, like big kind of larger scale innovation in favor of, and, and part of that was like, was like I, Steve Jobs dying, and the it, what happened, as far as I can understand, is no, actually, kind of he, the, he. It was a good that he died when he did. In well, terms yeah, of I know. Technology. Yeah, yeah, like he would, you know, he was obviously like an asshole and everything, but like, um, it, it, what seems to have happened, you know, at least as far as I can tell, is partially kind of the victory of like marketing people over product people, you know, and. The folks, you know, because like back in the day, I feel like I could go into an Apple store and like they'd like be nice about, you know, replacing stuff for no charge and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And like, you don't, you I, don't feel like you could do that today? No, no. They're much more like, I mean, it depends on like your fucking warranty or whatever, but like, I feel like there is a notable shift in the past. 10 years or so in terms of the d degree to which they will just like nickel and dime you. Um, and it's, and it's been, it's like kind of been like, okay, we've won this big market share. So we don't have to innovate in a serious way anymore. We can just, you know, focus more on the more luxury features like camera, you know, and, and all that type of shit. Like there was like, I think there was a good article about how the new, the newer iPhones or this next whatever generation that's about to come out is really catering towards like influencers and like TikTokers and shit like that. Because the, the, the software that comes with the camera has like a much higher degree of like basically like post-production capabilities than, than previously it did. And so that's but, a whole lot of, Confused. Uh, like, but again, yeah. that's like, of course, like that's like really catering to a, a smaller audience of, of users because like for the most part, like people like you don't need like a super fancy camera on your phone, you know, like it, it's, it's nice to that have. You don't need it. like, it's that it is a f like fundamental. Sorry, this is another peeve of mine um, because I have an iPhone 12 Pro Max and I had an iPhone 8 Plus and those two were both a lot like the reviews of those two devices, um, not they weren't exactly the same, but 
they were both lauded uh, as the best smartphone camera systems available. Um, and the iPhone 12 Pro Max, still, there's actually a round of, of uh, year-later reviews, and there's still all these people talking about how the camera is the best camera, I, uh, smartphone camera they've ever used. Um, I don't know, you can probably, by now, unfortunately, you can probably guess what I'm about to say. Uh, I guess I, I probably should just say I don't really know why. I do know why, but, um, I am unable to get the captures that I want from this camera in any con context to a degree that is utterly absurd. And my mother, who was uh, a photographer for a while and like has a, be in my opinion, like she's, for someone who doesn't know anything about like uh, t photography technically, she manages to get snaps like that are incredible, uh, at least she used to. Um, it took, it, she was the first person to say, this camera sucks. And what, what she meant by that was not that it wasn't incredible in low light because it really is. Uh, for a smartphone camera, uh, but that like for the like the rationally like uh, priorities of the design of a smartphone camera is that it captures basically uh, as best possible photographs in situations that are not ideal, right? Like you whip it out and you take a photo and if it can make that photo look as good as possible, it's design. Like I've tested this camera extensively and it basically, it's very incredible if I leave it on a tripod for 45 minutes to capture a time-lapse. It's just completely ridiculous. And it's exactly what you were saying of the phone being targeted toward influencers. We are talking about a cellular phone. It's like the word pro, the idea of, of it being a pro phone is um, so, like, I don't know. It's The wording is important. Uh but like, so I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not even that it should or shouldn't have a better camera or not. It's that like, uh, it's just a basic, um, ri it's risks and balances. God, that fucking term. So we could, I mean, we, Apple has spent billions of dollars in, uh, making what is a fundamentally unideal, uh, camera or like configure very tiny, you have to work with tiny shit and it's, um, not anchored and it's going to be used in a flash and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Instead of us, like, I think what we need to do is realize that that threshold where that is like, even, I don't know, fun anymore of trying to push smartphone cameras to see how good they're going to get. Like it's, it's just, uh, bonkers to keep going. Um, because we are, I don't know the results. Does this make any, I guess. Okay. What I'm trying to say is like, uh, what I should have said. You're saying that, that they spent a lot of money on this thing and it's not even good. Well, it's not that it's not good because it is incredible. Technically it's that it's very premise that, uh, your phone camera should be good as opposed to if we like made one concession the thing that i was talking about what i talked about my phone originally was how many things it's expected to do compared to uh, and do well and just fundamentally right you cannot it is like a a basic fact of life that um you really need to like in order to be actually excellent at something you have to be specific uh and like you have to consolidate that excellence into one thing right uh, sorry, I'll, sh I'll I'll stop. But what I the realization <laughs> that if my phone was expected to be one less thing, like it, for instance, if I just my phone did not have a camera in it, think about like uh, not even considering the, the thinness thing as it is. If this phone just did not have to have a good camera, uh, that incredible innovation could have gone in a di in a more um, slightly more rational, phonely direction, like life maybe heat management. This poor device. 
is more powerful than both of my actual like comp like desktop class machines but it has no ability like when you actually require it uh to use that power of course it has um it, fundamentally it's not gonna be able to cool itself like right so and then well it's yeah it's a real tweet about the budget that's like please help me my family is dying and you know they spent like sixteen thousand dollars on can on candles. It's like all of the money and the effort went towards disproportionately this like relatively luxury feature because that's how Apple works. Like that's what their brand is. Is yeah, like, and I, I think you know, that that made sense. Literally, it. Uh, my my other point is that it's it's not even. It actually isn't even better for the people who um for for that luxury uh ideal. So like. What I was going to say about iOS specifically, because I really shouldn't talk about, I mean, hardware, I used to know something about hardware back when a transistor was something that I could, uh, it was like the size of a, a tack, right? And I got to identify what it is and I know how it works. Uh, but apparently there are 2 billion transistors in my phone, so I don't think that I'm living in the same reality anymore. Anyway. Da uh, David, can I yes. ask you how old you are, if you don't mind? I'm 27. Sorry? 27. Wait, when were transistors that, that... Oh, they, they still are. It's, it's, um, <laughs> so, to, uh, the, you would think, right, from the, the narrative of consumer technology, that miniaturization is just a universal ideal of all technology, and that it is always better. Um, but that's just, like, if you delve at all into, oh, for instance, my, uh, more infrastructural manifestations of hardware, right? Like my HVAC system um, has a, uh, so like a capacitor is not they're they're uh, hmm. it's a it's a, another electronic component that is also still in computers. Um, I had to put like get a capacitor replaced in my air conditioning unit that was like the size of a coffee cup. Uh, but there are like, you know, however many millions of capacitors. And, okay, yeah, but it's just, what was the that's worthy of note. Like, what? are the millions of tiny ones, like, a lot lower capacitance, or? Oh, don't ask me that. I, that's the thing is, because you have, to, like, those things cannot be the same thing, and they are, but, uh, the only reason I bring this up is because, in my opinion, right to repair, yeah. uh, is fundamentally ridiculous thing to be upset about. Uh, I mean, well, yes, I on. wish... There's so many other concessions that have happened before um, that it's just a very uh, dumb thing to run. Well, it's not that we center on it as, like, the platonic ideal of, like, this is where we should start moving the needle. I think, like, often these things just depend on, like, you know, happenstance and what ends up getting some political traction or, like, is catchy or whatever the fuck. But Completely. And I know that from, uh, from my friend who worked uh, at Apple, and he worked on, like, iOS 7, and he was like, yeah, literally, like, up until, you know, crunch time, like, people, like, often don't have any fucking idea, like, what they're going to do for the next release. And it's always a political battle between product managers of, like, whose feature gets in and whose doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's like... Oh, that would be shit. okay if they weren't so invested in obscuring that fact. Like, Wait, honestly... Right but of course repair? but of course they are. It's PR, you know? Why? Like, Why? I know plenty of very... of software companies that I consider great companies that make great products that all the time publicly acknowledge in detail, oh, fuck, we just did a dumb thing. And some... Uh, like... I'm thinking of companies that exist for profit. I, I'm not. I'm not actually asking you why. I'm just saying, like, trying to emphasize, like, again, that is a delusion. Uh, 
Like, I think ability. Apple, okay. to me, like has these vibes, and I think it makes sense when you think about who Steve Jobs was of like wanting to appear, you know, infallible in certain ways. Um, I like that's their whole aesthetic, right? It's yeah. like very, and it, uh, and it it's does very have meaningful. Like very like sort of like no pixel out of place. So I think they're not somebody who like as a company seeks to be very gracious and approachable. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like Yeah, well it wasn't necessary though, because I for one thing, uh and I think this is a big thing that, that is hard for everybody to acknowledge. Uh iOS, at least from what I, from how I understand it, and iPhone, and again, I'm biased because I was 14 and I thought it was the most, I mean, you got to think, I grew up, uh, like, using an outhouse, literally, and, like, the iPhone first generation compared to anything else. Getting that in eighth grade was, I mean, it was like, anyway, so, um, it was legitimately innovative and, uh, like, in, in very smart ways, like, the ways that the iPhone killed uh or well the ways that the iPhone changed um smartphones cellular telephones like fundamentally is that is an example of where it really was just holy shit they happened to make thing like come together and change paradigms that uh did actually meaningfully improve um the way like most people's lives in using their phones and um the problem is that that distinctly stopped somewhere, and um, it's not that Apple. I, I, of course, Apple is going to continue to behave as if you know the iPhone's the best thing in the world. It's the fact that, uh, in my opinion, as someone who I guess, and this is a bias, uh, I just fundamentally believe that the way that society is organized, I believe that like um, journal or vaguely the media uh, has has had an effective and meaningful function as keeping things like this in check. Uh, and what and I don't mean like just theoretically, um, but in reality, like how much, because the fact is that now more than ever tech owns the media, you know, like the last place I worked was the Atlantic and literally Loreen Powell jobs just was like, Oh, everybody else is buying a media company. I'm going to buy one too. So like she fucking whatever holding group owns the Atlantic and all the other like publications kind of under the company umbrella, you know, like WAPO is obviously Amazon's outlet. New the New York Times oh, okay. but, like, is that- really the only one that's like kind of remained this like institution that, you know, cause it just has a big enough subscriber base um that they've like been able to monetize in various ways but for the most part like there's like tech and media are like more and more synonymous than ever before (laughs) yeah that's true but um the and the the word well that is very true yes um citing the atlantic as an example is is uh i guess that's like alarming Um, because specifically because of like what I think of, I, I've always been a New Yorker man, quote unquote, as opposed to, I don't know if there's actually an opposition between those two publications, but for one, uh, Oh yeah, no, my, my good friend from the Atlantic works now at the New Yorker and, and they rock. Like I have, I have a lot more respect for them as a journalistic outlet, although there's plenty of actual good journalism that like does happen at the Atlantic, but for the most oh, yeah. part, like I mean, their politics shit is horrible. And like, you know, it's run by people who have old power in D.C. and all these, you know, fucking networks of, 
like whoever has all the money and power in the government and that's a lot of like really sus people you know (laughs) yeah and while that is an element actually i know i keep sounding like i'm uh the one that is way more alarming to me is when okay and i i have to get personal here it's um in the cases where like vox media and the verge specifically it's a very uh where like yes they have gone from being the scrap the scrappy startup uh media company that had you know did silly pranks and stuff uh and now they are a big uh literally conglomerate they're part of a big conglomerate um honestly the way that that like the business has changed uh their their conversation um maybe it's just i don't know maybe it's i'm so embedded it into the way that well, not that i'm actually embedded i i it, that is not what alarms me because i guess that's it's when um specifically when they think they are being critical like uh how can I say this? I need specific examples, and I just can't. Um, uh, you know what? Let's use the fucking Pine phone as an example. The fucking Linux phone, okay? So, uh, here, like Dieter Bone. I don't, I don't know if you know that that name. Is a old, old, like not first, uh, yeah, first generation gadget blogger, okay? And now he's uh, an editor at The Verge. He's like number two. Um, and uh, I got in a like adjacent in a conversation with him, okay, not with him. I, I think that he's probably uh, muted me since, but it was in the same Twitter thread and we were talking about weird phones and he just happened to be mentioned he wasn't participating. I was talking about weird phones with with uh, um, Ernie Smith, who's the TDM guy, uh, and I was just talking about the Linux phone and when I say the Linux phone, there are multiples, but I'm talking about the Pine phone specifically because it's um, cute and $200 and uh, the uh, development community is very, like, they have a good sense of humor about them. Um, and, like, it's what I was I was trying to uh, understand why it had never been mentioned at all on The Verge. Because um, as someone, like, I know these people, I do know these specific people well enough uh, that like even to laugh at it um like because it is a ridiculous i mean it is a ridiculous concept uh fucking linux phone that sounds like a bad idea even to just say that but it's like um it doesn't exist okay and it does i'm not just losing my mind um wait 18 hours later i am losing my mind but 18 hours 18 to uh, some amount of time later dieter bone published a verge it was a listicle of this like the weirdest knit like most knit smartphones and the pine phone was not on it okay and like i know that 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 is probably just a coincidence but like um it's it's just that is actually that dynamic where like i know it's the open source Linux community and the division between that and mainstream tech and and like that's a whole different thing it, it is uh it's not one that I am going to tackle in my lifetime I'll leave it to someone else but yeah but uh, I mean like that's so telling about like tech media in general because it's like yes like while you know they have to be willing to level some degree of criticism uh, at like no, 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 no. I'm talking about this is a phone I'm sorry this is a piece literally to delight phone nerds okay like a piece to be like hey this is weird and like it's not this is not criticism it's just a uh, like a uh, fluff listicle and yeah but that's that's very telling like i mean that was like the whole thing that you know happened in 2016 and again in 2020 with like political campaigns where um you know the it's it's often just as significant what the media is not saying or covering as what they are you know 
saying and like talking about and that and it's you know very purposeful that like even if you know they might be criticizing something on the surface the you know the to some extent that that truism about like any press being good press is is true because it informs you know people's view of like okay what's actually out there like what kind of phones are out there and like they if they don't ever mention open source or like other alternatives then it you know that is like a bl- a purposeful like blind spot. Uh, yeah, but it's not though because theater. Sorry, but distinctly, this is not that problem. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's not. Uh, these people definitely are aware of it, and like this was a. I don't remember the other phones, and yeah, it probably was a coincidence, but it is kind of like. Um, I'm not talking about like big editorial emissions. I'm definitely not talking about intentional editorial, uh, like strategic emissions like emissions that those things are are not what alarms me it's the it's the disconnects um in the very small ways and like i think the reason why i'm like overly focused on on the the small things is because i distinctly for my entire life up to this point or like up till a year ago i was definitely the person who was completely uninterested in like um the menial conversations and so i think like personally if you needed to know in my life i am like uh i'm getting an oversaturation of the realization of um i guess what what my insane brother would call like my my third eye has been awoken uh it's just that it's not to uh what <sighs> lying or whatever or pl- anything political it's just to like um little tiny disconnects that that are don't fit any sort of uh, ideological explanation. Um, I don't know. The, like, and the reason uh, I keep, I guess, I can't help on it is just because of how much um, it's not resistance. When I start talking about these things, and like, I'm not trying to like shit on you here, but like, it literally, and I, I understand 100% the uh, the drive or the process to turn it into something bigger. But I'm trying to go the opposite direction um, because. I've noticed that uh, it's like we all have got this habit of making everything grandiose when in reality, and I like it really is a metaphysical thing. I'm pretty sure that human beings, um, I now no longer think that human beings can like plan to do something intentionally and like actually like um, make it like manifest it in a way that they expected and have the like, expected result, like, I'm pretty sure, uh, that those platitudes of, like, we're just kind of fucking stumbling around. Have um, you read Stanislaw Lem? I don't know. Stanislaw Lem, uh, the author, the Polish sci-fi author, he has this book called, uh, I... Sama Technologiae, which is his non-fiction book. He's most famous for his sci-fi, like, uh, Solaris, you know, the, uh, what's-his-name movie? Tarkovsky film? Uh, he wrote a bunch of books like uh, Solaris, His Master's Voice, which kind of is a book that uh, predates that uh, Carl Sagan novel. What is it? Contact? But, so... I think I think you might be doing it again. What's that? Sorry. <laughs> I think you might be doing what I was just saying, but... Uh, sure. Go on. But, uh, most, uh, more specifically, he, in his nonfiction, what he was most interested in is kind of writing a certain kind of, like, for lack of a better word, futurism. But the way he starts his book is kind of saying, if humans could say, let there be light and create light without any other consequences or like unintended effects or like all these secondary things that come about when we try to invent something, then he would have no interest whatsoever in technology. He doesn't give a shit. Uh, He would be happy to just be like, yo, dude, cool iPhone, but and not ever ask like, what the fuck is going on with an iPhone? 
but because we don't and you know this was right written in like i don't know the 60s or 70s but so he was like had the whole nuclear uh cold war thing as very salient like now we've created a way to like make human extinction distinctly a possibility in like you know any moment or when he was writing it but he, i can't uh remember the exact phrasing he used but uh he says because we don't that's why i wrote this book and i think you'd really like it since it sounds like that's sort of the thing you're talking about where it's not so much the twisting of technology you know, to suit whatever one's agenda is whether it's a profit motive or like political ends or some combination whether entirely like you know agent full on like one's part or like just embedded in a broader system you're more interested in like the completely unintended things because you know we make mistakes we have oversights things just happen in these like kind of uh, i don't know like odd little coincidences that result in things that weren't quite intended or unintended they weren't just something we were thinking about at all is that right oh yeah and and it's not that is absolutely correct um and, and i think the important thing is uh yes i am now that is a big deal for me in that I, for one thing, I, I was interested in technology, uh, for, even when I grew up, like, I was always talking about, about technological things and, like, imagining the future, like, in this, like, I was very much, I, I was the person that was the most vulnerable to, uh, shit like crypto, where it's, like, all these big ideas, and, oh my god, I just want to talk about the big ideas, and I, that's what gets me juiced up, like, we have control, we are going to make this happen and like we have the ability to do that i have the power to do that um it is like a it is distinctly like my need for control that uh is why i'm was so uh why i was so caught up and still am caught up in the narrative that we um the technology is us mastering things uh so yeah definitely um i guess maybe i i don't know at this point i've wasted i don't think i need to continue doing <laughs> for you guys for your guys' sake uh but all at once, all these people that I looked up to, um, like, really looked up, not just abstractly, but, like, active, uh, fucking Chris Messina, uh, the, the guy who invented the hash, um, made, what it actually is, and this is what I need to acknowledge, I believed that American Captain kind of worked, sort of, it, that sometimes it worked, and that was largely because I was an automotive journalist, um, it, like, I've always known about technology, but, like, I kept up with an industry that is, um, well, it, it is very, very effectively regulated. If that's, if that's, uh, and, and when I, funny enough, I thought it was so, I thought, uh, all that regulation was what was holding it back and God, everything's gotten, uh, so stupid. And it's because these companies, you know, um, and like literally, uh, turned very briefly into, like, an edgy libertarian young man. Um, I, I, I lean on that excuse of a, of the car industry specifically. Uh, but, like, it doesn't work. In the sense that, like, my belief that th that uh, the general societal process where... A competition, for instance. That competition results in meaningful improvement uh, in a general sense in products... Uh, not just as, um, like, uh, not just as things to make money, but as things to own and use. And that, like, I believe that competition between, uh, Microsoft and, uh, Apple, that was generally beneficial. And, um, that like, all the assumptions, you know, that you have to make or have, uh, and I guess literally just actually paying close attention and having the directive of the big stories the sexy stories uh of consumer tech but just um just little broken uh no nah, that's not a good way to put that 
like I don't know the nuts, the screws, uh, the foundation, basic maintenance. Um, like, uh, the, the, uh, it's just not, it doesn't work because we constantly feel the need to, to be a part of a, of a narrative that generally sounds like it's a narrative that is not true, if that makes sense. Um, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if I'm trying to make that, like this process that I'm going through somehow insightful. I hope that, I hope that I've done that. I feel like I've in this conversation, I might have that, but, uh, I appreciate you guys listening, uh, and talking and talking mostly. Um, I do need to actually engage. I think, okay, science fiction out of, out of all things would be the thing for me to engage in right now because I'm experiencing like the, all the ideological conversations I am worn out with, if that makes sense. Like I was the kid that was just sitting around thinking about big abstract. Like I watched a lot. I say I watched a lot of Star Trek. I lived a lot of Star Trek, um, sort of. Wait, sorry. What did you say about science fiction? I, I like hmm. things that it is it's just like hmm. it is a in a different space uh from my uh, like existence right now in the sense oh. that if we acknowledge that like generally the only thing that science fiction or the only thing because i believe absurd like the to which science fiction should have prepared us not or like understand the mistakes we're gonna we were gonna make at least mistakes. Uh, wait wait what okay i'm a sorry, little okay. confused because Okay, I maybe a I, I, uh, little bit of both fuzz, I think, here. So, when I was talking about uh, Lem, he's most famous for his science fiction, but somehow technology isn't a work of fiction, really. And it's not really based in his science fiction, either, in the sense, other than that, like, you know, they're both by the same person, so naturally, his thoughts... Oh, yeah, that was are... fucking up in, in, uh, in exactly the same way that I'm criticizing, and that because you said the word science fiction, I latched onto it, even though I heard you say it. Sorry. No worries, yeah. Uh... And he's kind of a, it's really funny, he has this great rant against American sci-fi. Uh, he's like, basically, it was a essay kind of praising Philip K. Dick, and he called him a visionary among charlatans. <laughs> and I think he lost his, uh, like, he got to, like, the science fiction society or whatever, and then, like, a couple of other people were like, okay, that's stupid, you guys are just doing that because you got salty. He called out a lot of, like, in sci-fi. Like, basically, he talked yeah. about how uh, sci-fi kind of does this, uh back and forth trick where when you question it's like literary merits it's like kind of calls it's it's like oh we're here for entertainment that's what the purpose is and then when you're not doing that it kind of talks about itself as this like vanguard human society going where no one has gone before and then again when you're like okay but like star trek or star wars or whatever is just like fucking ships in space bro like you got like port uh, starboard and like it is i think like, it's both same time i mean the united federation of planets like as an idea so gene roddenberry actually this is perfect gene roddenberry is the manifestation of i think the problem in that he was a team pilot in world war ii that was like very foul mouthed and person he was flying uh, uh the first like uh scale high altitude uh long bombing run Memphis belt he was thinking in that cockpit like uh like i want he was trying to dwell in in a in a future where we like scarcity was not a thing um that like when scarcity was no longer a problem that uh we would basically like all shit would be so much better we got so many of the inconsistencies that capitalism and that scarcity is the main problem um and uh sorry but like yeah so like star trek is both a really repetitive uh like especially with the, with the fucking parables watching it have like, i just can't i can't know there's no reach any star trek anymore for the rest of my life 
and it's not because it's like it wasn't significant or that it didn't like actually have like shape my thinking genuinely over time it's just that it's it's very entry level you know it's very it's very digestible it's very easy listening um so yeah like uh sci-fi the word sci-fi now even when we're talking about people in the past uh it's it just it smells like me it smells like a white guy who's um in a t-shirt talking to my phone uh on a saturday night <laughs> you know what i'm saying like uh i don't know there's like so much though like i didn't like i feel like the older sci-fi like the quote-unquote golden age shit or like like we're past the time of like fucking asimov writing about whatever or even like no we're not no we're not because we have not like uh, (laughs) somehow those basic lessons that that you uh, like the the uh one day review homework that you did i don't know sixth grade talking about of asimov's shake huh have we actually learned anything from that from what Okay, uh, yeah, let me do a concrete example. Uh, god, it's ve- it's been so long. A purely theoretical framework to understand artificially created, or to like, yeah, um, even basic shit like that. Wait, like uh, what? Like, hmm. things, uh, it's been too long. What are the three, yeah. what are the, it's, uh, you can't harm I mean, another it's human like, being, you can't harm another like, robot. Like, okay, it's fine, like, good for him at the time and all, but it's hardly like, oh, that's the best we can do in thinking about artificial intelligence right now, right? So it's not so much like, oh, that's the lesson we need to learn. I don't think it's really a, and like, I mean, I don't think technology is either, and we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, in the context of like minimization, but I don't think like sci-fi necessarily is this thing that like builds on itself constantly making progress, right? So like at the time that mechanistic kind of view of it probably made a lot of sense especially when computers were new and intuitions about things made more sense as these like hard and fast laws that like you know hard like how a pulley work have you guys read um ted chang i like ted chang I, yeah sorry, I, I, I only read only read user manuals but yeah no the life cycle of software objects is really good it's like almost like a novella it's like a long short story and it's really worth reading in terms of read that sorry yeah if you do please let me know like we should do a book club about it because like when i read it i was like I, i don't know it like made me cry and it's like this very it's it's this very moving story about um artificial intelligence and like creating these kind of like kind of avatar type things like from the point of view of somebody who's like let in me the find my copy of it company who's doing it it's it's really fucking good they're like neopets kind of stuff yeah they're but... like neopet type of dudes and like they obviously train them and the main character is a woman who actually like i think used to either be a teacher or like used to like train like real animals or something and oh, she yeah. gets she gets this job at like a you know fancy uh tech company to help train these like yeah like avatar type things um it's it just like it's really fucking good because it covers so much ground like not only in terms of thinking about like machine intelligence and learning and and like sort of the societal implications for that but like also just it's also just about like like software companies and like them and how and like and like how platforms and and software and like things just degrade and 
and, you know, switch to different things that aren't compatible with the old things and like what kind of impact that has on these kind of really ambitious projects. Like, yeah, like trying to train some kind of autonomous, like sentient being. Um, it's like, it's, it's really fucking good. I definitely would want to, it's, it's the kind of thing, like all of his work, I always just want to read and like discuss with people. And it makes me really sci-fi book club that I had in DC, like that was really, it was so good. Um, I wish I could recreate something like that here in New York or maybe online. Who knows? <laughs> Anyways, I probably got to get going cause I'm hungry. Um, and like bordering on hangry. <laughs> that's that, see, that's a real we're back into the real world now. Well, I yeah, I should stop wasting you guys' time. Uh, thank you so much. Like like seriously, thank you for um speaking at such length with me. Uh, I can't think of a I don't know. I don't remember the last time that anyone has uh engaged me um and and put up with me for this long. Basically, it's been a long time. <laughs> Hold on. I just took a picture of my copy of uh, Ted Chang's book. Yeah, I think I have this. I think I have the PDF somewhere of the life cycle of software objects. So that is I something can, that like, I need. Um, send that if I like find it. But yeah. <gasps> ooh, you got it signed. I didn't. My friend got it because oh, <laughs> nice. Seattle, and I think he went down to Portland at some point, and Ted Chang was doing a talk and a book signing or something. <laughs> I, I'm jealous. I stand. Um, but anyways, I yeah, I gotta like eat or I'm gonna die. So yeah. Anyways, it's been real. Thanks for engaging. No, thank you. Um, and hey, Zovi, I'm sorry. Uh, Zovi being the one person that that uh, has actually talked with me in spaces. I have to go to another time. Thank you. Uh, my, I'm tr gonna trade you a recommendation. Uh, read a literary history of word processing by Matthew Kirschenbaum. Um, huh. It's that broad joy than any book has in a long time. But yeah, that's really yeah, interesting. I, I do actually. Holy shit! I do actually have to either do something or eat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. All right. Goodbye. Thank you guys again. Peace. Peace.